You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsers. Hello and welcome to Elsner's, a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague, and joining myself, Corey Scott, alternative Corey Sean Burns, is Joey Image. Welcome, guys. How are you guys doing? Good evening. Sean, Corey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> hello. hello. I- I'm just Sean? here until Amazon uh, <laughs> Prime Day kicks in, so. <laughs> Prime Day, oh, Prime Day. It, it did an hour ago. Oh God! See you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it started 9 p.m. Eastern. It's now 10 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I said I was doing fantastic twice, but apparently I had my microphone turned off, so <laughs> I'm having one of those nights. <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys who weren't in here because it was just me and him, there it was like, oh, I'm having these problems. Like, oh, I can't hear you. Oh, hey, and uh, welcome, Growly Bear, um, who is right now in our chat. Um, so we have Joey Image from, you know, the former professional wrestler, um, awesome guy, just from talking to him for like 20 minutes now. Still, before. Pro- still, still professional wrestler, just, uh, oh. I, I, I hate the word retired or former, so I just say inactive. Yeah. yeah. I'm retired. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that to you guys, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's, you're, you're the... You're like Ric Flair, where you only wrestle like when you need, to, when you really want to. Yeah, which is never like anymore. <laughs> yeah, with my injuries, I can't. But yeah, I would love to. But yeah, so on the show we talk about um, a bunch of things. We will swear, we will spoil things. So that's your warning. Oh, and to good. find, I, I was going to ask yeah. you if I could swear on the show. Sorry. Yep. Hell yep. yes. No, 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 we can, but you. Uh, <laughs> good luck with that. You have to join our Patreon. I'm 100% privilege. Italian from North Jersey. I don't know any other words but swear words. <laughs> and for all of the, the info on this show, including show notes and, subscri- and subscription links, you can go to elsners.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, you can go to gncast.com. Now that I got all that out of the way, um, yeah, so I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say this again because I said it before the show, but I'm going to say it again. Um, I, I, uh, Sean said, I almost said Corey. But Sean said that he had uh, Joey coming on next week or like the week before. He's like, yeah, I got Joey coming on. I'm like, awesome. Cool. Someone else I could talk wrestling with. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And it also coincided with a pay-per-view that WWE just had uh, yesterday as we recorded on a Monday and all that. But is there a week that? WWE does not have a pay-per-view at this point. <laughs> yes, next I, week. Next really? week there's yeah. It's yeah, it's super like two weird. Now, just about almost. Yeah, I think there's, there's isn't there they did a, they actually showed a breakdown a couple of pay-per-views ago where it was like we used to have four and then we went to 12 a four year and then we went to 12 a year then we added like I think it's seven more. So now I think it's 19 yeah, it's a like year. Yeah, it's like seven or eight, yeah. And there's and, still I still have friends. I don't I don't understand the logic or the lack of logic, but I still have friends that will buy the pay per view. Like, dude, the network is ten bucks, man. Like, yes, you... the, the thing is that they're not buying every one of them, so they're like, well, you know, I don't watch every one of them. I don't care if you if you buy one a year on regular pay per view, that's already more than one month of the network. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't, I, so I don't understand the logic there. Like last last year, I did I did the free trial for WrestleMania. Huh, like nice. you know, tried it out just so I could see you know, like what all the, what all do they offer that I you know would want to keep me in. Um, this was also when I was working for Dollar General. Um, not a sponsor, just Dollar General. One of my favorite yeah. wrestlers. <laughs> I think he hung out with Sergeant Slaughter for a while. Are, are you sure that wasn't IRS? <laughs> but um, and then I dropped it after that month because I'm like, eh, there's not really, you know. I watched all the stuff. I thought I had watched all of the Edge and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness on there. But then I this uh, past year's WrestleMania came around and I'm like. All right, let's do it again for a month. And then I just kept going because by that time I would also have in the month had gotten payback, uh, which was the following pay-per-view. Right. And then I'm just like, I've kept going and I've watched all the pay-per-views since WrestleMania. <laughs> and um, even the NXT takeovers of... Um, great shows. Those are great shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, good God. That's You want to talk about some really good wrestling um, the NXT brand in general has been great. Um, you know, just I, I've told this with other people. I'm like, you want to see WrestleMania quality matches done weekly with young talent? That's the show to watch right there. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to hold off on the wrestling talk because we'll probably talk more about that in our segment three. Yeah, um, fine. <laughs> but let's get to news and the first bit of news that we have is that gotham city and riverdale are going to collide in harley and ivy meets betty and veronica um i forgot who suggested this one to us i think it was Corey. but from reading the article i'm like i'm liking all the the plot of this four issue miniseries or sorry six issue crossover miniseries and the characters the writers are it, that are involved with this um but yeah so the series will be co-written by mark andreco and paul dini paul dini of course created harley quinn in Bat for batman the animated series and it will feature art from lauren braga and it is the premise of the show is that or the of the show of the comic book is gotham and riverdale are separated by a marsh and um, Hiram Lodge wants to bulldoze it to put up a parking lot or whatever Hiram Lodge wants to do. And um, Ivy doesn't like that, so she's going to recruit her best friend, Harley Quinn, to help stop it. And hilarity will ensue. I'm really excited for this. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's just a crossover, if it's because Paul Dini's writing it. And I've been Paul Dini loving with Mark and Draco. Mark, uh, does a lot of Archie stuff. I think does uh, Afterlife with Archie, and was one of the the main developers of the TV series, the Riverdale show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Amanda Connor is doing uh, covers for it, sticking with the 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 fact that she does the covers for the Harley Quinn uh, regular series because she co-writes it with Jimmy Palmiotti. So it's it's a great group to get together to do this what's exciting to me is that it used to be that there was not necessarily annually but for a while there there was a good amount of years consecutively where there were dc and marvel crossovers and you yeah. don't see 
a lot of crossover intercompany crossovers these days. Uh, if you do, it's really rare, and it's it's not it's not something that Marvel seems to do at all anymore. No, but DC is more likely to do it. They just did something recently with uh, Green Lantern and Star Trek. Uh, I, I think they've done a few things more with the smaller companies throughout the, the last couple years, but but with They're, licensed characters and stuff. Yeah, it's mainly been um, DC because, like, like I said, Marvel hasn't done anything like that. Um, it's mainly been DC doing it with Boom Studios with the Gotham Academy um, Lumberjanes crossover, <laughs> and then um, IDW IDW with. Star Trek and Green Lanterns, and now Planet of the Apes and Green Lanterns. And they also did something um, with Power Rangers, I uh, thought. Uh, Power Rangers and Justice League and Teenage Mutant Turtles and Batman. Batman, yeah. But yeah, I so mean, this, I've, is, this is fun to see. It, back in the 90s, there was a crossover with Archie and the Punisher, which is a, a great story and just one of those things that the first time you hear it, you go what the hell is this wait this, this is betty and veronica from archie yeah. this is betty yeah. and veronica Damn, from archie. i was gonna ask that earlier thinking it was a joke because i'm not familiar with it and, and <laughs> it really is oh well that there goes that joke i was gonna say is this betty and veronica from archie or from scooby-doo <laughs> like daphne and, and velma but it really is from archie so that joke yeah oh well <laughs> and Daphne and Velma get to cross over with DC all the time because they're actually owned by Warner Brothers. Uh, and if you go back to the, the cartoon series, there were times when they had Batman and Robin were guests on the on the episodes. Yeah, I've seen I remember that. That's funny. Actually I think Scooby Doo might not might be the one that they're not that like with the whole Hanna Barbera crew that they don't have doing a crossover because they have a regular a couple regular ongoing books with DC. Right. Um, yeah, at this like, point in time. Yeah. But no, this looks cool, and um, it's going to hit shelves. This And this is like the one thing I don't like about comic book news, but yet I like at the same time, um, is we're not going to get uh, Harley and Ivy meets Betty and Veronica until October 4th. Um, we are a good ways away. And so it's, it's one of those, like, I'm like, I like it because, yay, I, we're going to get this in three months. Which is a good thing because, kids, if you're interested in this book and you you have a local comic shop, go to your local comic shop and ask them exactly. to order it for you. Uh, they'll they'll create a pull list for you and, and sometimes maybe even give you a discount uh, for pre-ordering. But that, that allows the comic shops to know the demand for the comics and allows you to get the comics that you want. And you can also check out some other stuff that they have there at the same time. I realized my fanning of comic books didn't really work with Wicked and Divine since quarter of the page is white. But yeah, like I do, I go to the comic book shop every week and get comic books. Um, actually, Green Lanterns is one of my items that is on my pull list, um, along with Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern, um, the Green Lantern Corps. But yeah, I mean, honestly, go out and do it. It's super easy, and they do give me like I swear, like I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna be spending like twenty five bucks, nineteen what? How am I? I've got Secret Empire in here. How am I not paying thirty-five bucks? But no, yeah, they're really cool. Um, I'm probably going to put this on my poll list, to be honest. Uh, Wednesday when I go in there, You're like, hey, can let you me, add this in here? Yep. Go ahead. Let me ask you guys because we're talking about crossovers and things like that, and some of the ones that have come out. If you could have your dream crossover, 
what would you want to see? What what comics would you want to see crossed over with one another? Gregor? I, I would I would want I think I'd want to do um a Marvel crossover with Doctor Who. With the Doctor Who comics from Titan Comics. Um but I don't I don't think I'd want to do it with like the X-Men or um the Avengers. I think I'd want to do I'd want it done with like either like the young the young Avengers or like the Great Lakes Adve- Avengers. Maybe Doctor Who could fix the goddamn X Men original five being in the constant <laughs> modern day exactly. bullshit. And, and since the X Men comics have always had time travel stuff as a part of their their continuity, it seems like that would be a natural. Yeah, Evan just commented in the uh, the chat Doctor Who with Bill and Ted. So you got your uh, plenty of your uh, uh, time travel there. Uh, Joey, do you have any like comics you think would be cool to cross over with one another? Uh, <laughs> I was thinking like a Rocky comic and a Rambo comic. Okay, <laughs> nice. Actually, Just to yeah. see them fight each other. No guns though. Rambo can't use guns, or 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 he can, but Rocky can use them too. Because I know one. Obviously, one character was much dumber than the other, so I'd like to well, see. Rocket can stop bullets with his fists. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be hilarious. He'd have and magic boxing gloves. <laughs> instead of instead of summoning like the Terminator to help him out against Rambo, he could use the robot he bought for Polly and Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, were going to say, just say, yo, Adrian, and she'd show up. So. <laughs> she shows up. Hey, Adrian, what the hell's going on here? All these robots over here beating up Rambo. <laughs> I wait for I wait for someone to bring in like like calling the, the Snake Plissken because that they actually oh, did turn God. it into a comic book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think for me, I want to see a couple Marvel titles cross over with um, the Walking Dead, and here's how I want to see it. Actually, I want to see Blade and Ghost Rider. But I want them to be Michonne and Daryl, and just let them loose. Nice. <laughs> Was there ever? So, uh, has there ever been a Game of Thrones comic? Yes, but it's so, it's basically just based off of the stories that you've already seen. Yeah, right. I'd yeah. like to see uh, World of Warcraft mixed with Game of Thrones. No, that'd be good. Which is like the same subject matter, really. But I'd just yeah. like to see their dudes all fighting each other. I was just going to say World of Warcraft with a lot of banging. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> true. A lot, a lot yeah. of best. <laughs> it's just Goldshire on an yeah. RP, including the brother and sister one. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I know the, the only other th- one I could think of uh, right now would be, um, God, uh, like something like, and it's cheating because it's such a nerd culture thing, but something like Ready Player One with the Dark Tower. Um, yeah. because Dark the Dark Tower they also did very similar to the Game of Thrones thing where it was uh. Just a, a comic comical comic comicized version of the books and all that, but Wait, no, I, I think got, that'd be some, some pretty fun stuff there. I got it. Cross over the dark tower, and when they go through the portal, cross it over with Rick and Morty. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that worked great, and both of them are comics too. Um, so in in the nineties, when I was working at the first comic shop that I managed. Uh, I had a bunch of friends who who were comic artists and stuff, and they wanted me to write them a story for them to be able to submit to different comic companies to submit their art to, because you have to have some sort of like storytelling art to to be able to do it. You can't just do pinups and stuff. 
And so the thing that I wrote was I did a really loose plot, which was very 90s, which was a crossover between Azrael, who at that point in time had become Batman for a while from DC, and the Scarlet Spider from Marvel, who for a period of time had become Spider-Man. So I didn't do Batman-Spider-Man crossover. I did Azrael and the Scarlet Spider crossover. And I involved the Black Cat and Bane and, and shit like that. But it was a pretty fun plot, and they were all just like, "How you just wrote this like overnight? How did you do that?" I'm like, "I don't know. You asked me to." Um, <laughs> but I would love to see that actually get made. It's just so pure '90s in and of itself, and I really love both those costumes at that point in time. The Jokasada Ezreal costume, the original one, was so good, um, pre becoming Batman. And I thought that there was something that you could really have fun and do with the uh, the Saint Dumas stuff of Azrael and and the Scarlet Spider thing of him being a clone and not really having a history himself, that there was a lot there. That sounds pretty cool. And also, I didn't know Joe Quesada did, uh, did art for DZ. Uh, back then, Joe Quesada, uh, before he and Jimmy started their own company with Event Comics and started doing Ash and stuff and then got hired to bail out a bunch of Marvel titles and get them <laughs> out of bankruptcy... Uh, yeah, he, he did artwork for DC. He did artwork all over the place. Yeah, nice. Um, the next story we're going to talk about, actually, you'll, you'll find a theme with our, our news this week. Um, Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy is coming to Netflix. And Gerard Way, I believe, is actually going to be writing the pilot. Um, this isn't the first time the series, which I'm going to have Corey explain a little bit because he, I think he can explain it better. Um, but they were originally going to Universal Pictures was going to do this as a film back in 2015, and that fell apart um, and all that. But yeah, so Corey, you want to explain Umbrella Academy a little bit for Joey and Sean? <sighs> Umbrella Academy is kind of hard to explain, and it's been a long time since I've read it, so um, uh, forgive me here for this. But uh, Gerard Way, before he started doing music with My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way actually worked at the Cartoon Network and and was developing stuff for that. And then decided to start a band just to, to make some money. And the band became hugely successful and went nuts and for a few years was kind of like the kings of the emo uh, pop punk scene. Uh, in, a, in a different way than a lot of the other emo bands, I really like My Chemical Romance. I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan to this day of Gerard's music. But all of a sudden... Gerard started making comics, and when this comic was announced, uh, Umbrella Academy, people weren't really prepared for it. People didn't really think much of it. They're like, oh yeah, some other asshole is going to get in a comic <laughs> because they want to pitch a movie or something, and they're just doing it to script it. Because everybody was doing it at this point in time. It was like, suddenly, if you, if you wanted to make a movie, you did a comic first, so that the comic was kind of like the storyboards for the films, and it was easier to pitch the project. But Gerard Way came out with uh, with Gabriel Ba and did Umbrella Academy and blew everybody's fucking minds because it was just so far out there from everything else. The characters were all fleshed out. They were kind of a family that had a history together that had all uh, broken up. The lead guy was like a human head with a gorilla body. Uh, the villain of the first one was one of their sisters who I think was called the White Violin or something. Another character called the Kraken is basically the Jason Todd of their universe. One of them is just a super powered kid. Like he never grew up or got old or anything. 
and the storytelling was just so immensely cool, but well told. the The art was beautiful. Uh, was a very unusual style. To so it's kind of like an independent comic that was doing superheroes in a way that was not being done in the regular superhero books. Everything in superheroes had gotten so homogenized and everything. And I think this was the launching point for a lot of the weird things that superheroes started doing. A little bit before that, Warren Ellis writing stuff for Wildstorm was was kind of like that. But really, we saw things blow up to a higher degree when, say, Grant Morrison started doing the X-Men. Yeah. And doing really weird shit with the X-Men. And I think that was around the same time. I can't remember which one came first. But this is definitely... This is not something that people were expecting. And they only had, as far as I recall, two series. They had the first series, a uh, miniseries, and then they had a second miniseries. Um, and then it kind of disappeared. And and Gerard Way has obviously done some other stuff in comics. He's doing uh, his launch at DC right now, his imprint with uh, the Doom Patrol characters and some other stuff. Yep, DC. And always animal. felt like... Yeah, which always felt like something that he was kind of going to do anyways. But this is one of those things that I'd really like to seeing it back to, and I don't know if it's because he and Gabriel can't get their schedules to sync up or what. But to get to see this as a series is going to be pretty awesome. The person writing it or um, is, is kind of like the lead on it is Jeremy Slater, who unfortunately is listed as the screenwriter for the fantastic four movie that came out and, uh, and bombed horribly. But we know that a lot of the problems with the fantastic four were not him. It seemed to be the director, but there were issues with that too. Uh, he also did the Lazarus effect and he writes for the extras TV series, which I understand to be pretty good. And he worked on the, uh, death note, which is coming to Netflix pretty soon. So, He's got an interesting pedigree because he comes from a lot of horror-related stuff. And that seems well-suited for Umbrella Academy because it's not just straight-up hero punches a villain. It's a lot yeah. more integrated, and there's there's definitely some horror aspects to it. So to give to flesh out a little bit more, um, the first six-issue limited series, The Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite, was released by Dark Horse Comics. Um, the first issue making its premiere in September 19th, 2007, and it won a Eisner Award in 2008 for Best Finite Series slash Limited Series. Um, they did. They then did a second series, um, Umbrella Academy Dallas, in 2008, and then there's a third series, Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion, and a proposed uh, fourth series in development, but like Corey said, it's sort of in the, that little area that it's like, it, we're, we're not sure where exactly it is um, because of, you know, Gerard way doing all the stuff with DC's young animals, which includes writing doom patrol and partial or doing uh, some writing with cave Carson as a cybernetic eye and developing the, uh, some other characters for the other books there. And um, also I found a part paragraph in here that sums it up. Um, once the Umbrella Academy was unstoppable under the tutelage of their guardian and mentor, Do uh, Dr. Reginald Hargraves, which Corey was was, was describing him as the dude who's a, basically a human head on top of a gorilla, its members spent their, child, their childhoods fighting evil and honing their extraordinary gifts until something went terribly wrong. 
Now, nine years later, the estranged members of the Umbrella Academy are reunited by the death of the only parent they've ever known and the rise of a new and terrible threat. Will they be able to overcome their history for long enough to save the world one more time? That is the premise for the first book. But yeah, so I mean, it's really interesting from a really interesting guy who does really interesting things that makes me really interested in this in this project. <laughs> so with all that we've said, um, how do you guys, Sean and Joey, how do you guys feel about this? Well, I, I mean, from my perspective, when I first saw it, 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 it sounded like X-Men to me. Um, it's closer to the original incarnation of the X-Men with Professor Xavier finding the, the five students and, and joining them together, which is also incredibly similar to the origin of Doom Patrol. Uh, that's one of the fun things is you, you, if you ever read the first series of Doom Patrol and you compare it to the original X-Men series, they were put out very close to each other and there are so many similarities. Um, it's It's like watching... Uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact at the same time. <laughs> so, so it's like, uh, uh, what the hell were the two volcano movies that came out at the same time? Dante's Peak and whatever the other uh, one yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting, and, and you know, Netflix to me can do little to no wrong. So, I, you know, from what I've seen of them, so I'll definitely give it a shot. I need to get Netflix again. <laughs> I just canceled it a couple of months ago because I didn't use it all that much. I, I have, uh, I had the 4K, so it was like 13.99 a month or 12.99 a month or whatever it was. But I have, so I, I have uh, two 4K televisions, and I just didn't use it enough to justify still paying for it. But there's some things that are making me kind of want to get it again. Well, the nice thing about Netflix, uh, and we we talked about canceling it just uh, about a week ago because my wife has watched every horror movie that they have apparently and was getting pissed. So I got her shutter, but shutter doesn't work very well. For some reason, it always gets to a point where the stream just kind of like stops and it buffers for so long, no matter what we do. So it, it pissed her off and she's like, I can just watch those on YouTube. So she's back to Netflix again. But the nice thing about <laughs> Netflix as a, as a service is that you can cancel it for a couple months and come back to it. Yeah. And yeah, maybe some of the movies have changed out and maybe some of the shows have gone away, or, or, but they've gotten replaced by other stuff. And it's not like the hassle of canceling cable or canceling a satellite yeah. service because you can just stop. And then when you like say, oh, well, I'm done watching Game of Thrones on HBO this month. I'm ready to turn on Netflix again and see what's going on. I hear the new season of Stranger Things is starting up. Then you can absolutely do it. Yeah. That's another thing I need to do is get rid of cable. <laughs> The, I, the, I, like there's uh I'm I'm super interested in like maybe looking into PlayStation View because every channel that myself and my fiance watch is included in their cheapest package, which was like thirty five bucks. Well they just raised it to forty. Oh well, oh well, that's it, deals <laughs> off the table. But I mean I'm fine with that. Forty, forty five. I'd I'd probably go as high as fifty and I'd, I would just get the next package anyway. But there's all the stuff that we watch is included in that one like tier. I don't really need all the extra. I mean, we have like 600 channels now or something. There's nothing on. <laughs> I, mean, I don't understand. But so I got to get maybe net, maybe get rid of uh, cable, just do Netflix and PS View, and then I'm good. I mean, you I always got to be careful, though. When, when like Glow came out, for example, I, I borrowed uh, somebody else's Netflix password and logged in and watched it. And um, 
so I got to see all that. But like, I just I, I I don't keep up with stuff because I don't have it anymore. But I think like there's a lot of stuff, you know, coming out or that's that's there now that it's making me kind of want to check it out again. The one thing that I hinge on cable for is the fact that they're still the fastest internet provider in my area, right? And because they have data caps, <clears throat> the idea of going to just streaming worries me because with cable. Oh, yeah, I, the amount of stuff I watch on TV, it, it doesn't count towards anything. Now they have Netflix integrated into their box as an app, so I can watch my Netflix streaming through it, and it doesn't count towards my streaming, my caps for that. But as soon as we have, we're lucky enough that I live in an area where we have uh, third-party providers like uh, Sonic. It's right. just they haven't put the fiber in my actual block yet. But once they do, I can go to that, and they don't have a cap. So I, I would quit Comcast in a heartbeat and and just go to the different streaming services. And again, you can chase the dragon with that sort of thing. You can choose, all right, this month I'm going to watch PlayStation View because it's got the stuff that I want to see, but I know in a couple months I'm going to need to get HBO Go uh, because Game of Thrones is starting up or or Veep or whatever you want to watch. And you're just going to jump around from from service to service for the ones that you're actually interested at that point in time. And you can fill yourself up to your bloated (laughs) shitting out episodes of Silicon Valley and then move on to the next thing, like some raw salad of Amazon Prime and getting your transparent on. That, yeah. that's, that's the dream. But the dream is fucked by these companies that are ISPs that are secretly also content providers so that, yeah, great, Comcast is my my TV, but they're also my internet, and I can't say fuck you to Comcast because I still need them for my goddamn internet. Right, right. <laughs> there's, now there's a new one. There's YouTube TV. Which I haven't even looked yeah. into yet, but yeah, <laughs> like there's I, I you know I initially was gonna get Sling and then I heard just heard PSV was so much better and more stable. Yeah. Hulu just started live TV too, and I think it's on par with what the uh, PSV is offering. Uh, plus, you have the the secondary of having the Hulu account with it, right. so you get yeah, the live yeah. TV and all the Hulu catalogs for the VOD for. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah and could- goddamn it. YouTube TV would be great if Google had stuck with their fucking guns and put up fiber, you dicks. Yeah, it's only in, like, very limited... I know my buddy Danny's got it. He's in Kansas City. Uh, he's in Kansas City, and he's got uh, fiber, like, just for the last maybe month or two, and he loves it. I had Verizon fiber for a while, Verizon Files for a while, and then when I moved into this house, it's not available in this area, but... Friends of my fiance's that literally live two blocks over, they have it, and we can't get it here. Yeah, and that's like because that's that's past the the border, so they're considered in a different town and different zip code. But we're, you know, I mean, we're not even a quarter of a mile away from their house, and we can't get it. Yeah, and I'm 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 fine with what Google was doing, and and what other places are doing is they're <clears throat> trying to develop these things in places where people don't have high speed internet at all, where they have no choice. And I, I think that's great, and I support that. But it really makes sense for someone like Google, who benefits from people being online, who benefits from having net neutrality be in place, and who doesn't give a shit if you're streaming stuff from them or for anybody else, because it all comes through. You're you're still going to see their ads and other shit. Right. They they make the most sense to develop this kind of thing to compete with these companies that are all profiting by like we control your data we control your throughput we control because 
you know, we want you to watch our TV channels and it doesn't matter if you don't want ESPN, you're fucking paying for it, dick. And <laughs> like, okay, yeah, just we need something else. We need a better system and it's still a long ways away and it just disappoints me. But again, we're lucky enough, Sonic in our area, Sonic has that kind of mentality. Sonic is just like, we want everything to be equal and fair and we want it to be available to everybody. It's just how long it's going to take to build it out. I just don't want like a la carte, like just list me... 500 channels, I'll pick the ones I want and just build me from that. But that's sort of what you're getting with the streaming stuff anyways. And the a la carte is getting to be as expensive as cable yeah, if yeah. you want it all at once. Yeah. But if you can just jump from thing to thing, you're okay. I know I've I've looked at it like this with my um, digital stuff because where I still live with my mom and so she's so she pays for the cable and for, for the internet and stuff like that. I look at you know I've I've got Netflix because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that comes out with enough frequency that I would watch that I can't I, like I it wouldn't benefit me to get rid of it because I would just be like all right I'm gonna cut you and I'm bringing you back yeah. uh, but then I've also got Amazon Prime for the year because you know what did it was the Grand Tour um you know the the former Top Gear hosts with their show. <clears throat> Like that pulled me over the edge too, and I look at everything else, um, you know, when it comes to streaming services. As I mean, and with the exception of WWE Network, because you know I'm getting to watch the pay per views and not pay seventy bucks for yeah four matches and and watching the same video package over and over again from the kickoff show and stuff like that. But I look at everything else, you know, the CBS All Access, the HBO, uh, CISO, you know, all these other things as do they have something that would entice me? If so, okay, I'm getting HBO Go for a month or two, you know, finishing watching, you know, last week tonight or, you know, whatever else it might be, you know, uh, CBS All Access, it's checking out the, the Big Brother live feeds, it's watching some of the other things that are in there. And then after that it's you know it's like okay on to the next thing i'm canceling this service and going on to you know the these whatever's next and stuff like that and i think that's what a lot of people will end up doing it's probably something i would end up doing with you know with the streaming services you know it, like the full-on like live tv streaming stuff with you know it's like oh well hulu has you know amc oh okay let's get you know let's get that for walking dead oh, okay walking dead's done doctor who's on but they don't have you know, they don't have BBC America. I don't know why they wouldn't. They have AMC, but that's besides the point. Um, let's go over here to this pro, uh, to this company and, and all that. It's, yeah. Yeah, the the hardest part is deciding what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Uh, the, yeah. the surprise things that what you guys are talking about with Glow is that Glow, we knew Glow was coming out. Uh, Gregor and I did. We talked about it, I think, a while before uh, yep. it had actually started up. But to see the general populace all jump on it at once and say, wow, this is actually really amazing. This It hit with the audience in a way that I don't know that people expected. Uh, and a lot of people didn't know it was coming out. So the weekend the glow hits and everybody's talking about it, you kind of want to be in on that. You want to say, yeah, we've got time. Let's let's sit and watch the series too. So you, you dive into Netflix. But so much of the rest of the time is just like there's shows I like on HBO Mm -hmm. But for 11 months out of the year, I probably could give a crap about HBO. But the only <laughs> thing that's really appointment viewing is Game of Thrones. 
It's like I have right. to watch that the night that it comes out because the next day or for the next three days, if I don't get to it on my DVR, I'm fucked because I can't go on social media at all because everybody's talking about it. Uh, <laughs> Walking Dead, when I was watching Walking Dead, that was an appointment view because people were talking about it that night. It, fucking, I'm on the Pacific Coast and East Coasters are already poisoning spoilers before the shit's even started. I'm like, you fucking dicks. Um, <laughs> So other than letter bombing people and, and crushing it up, I'm just like, no, God damn it. You know, I, I just I know I can't go on Facebook for the next couple of hours until I watch Walking Dead live. And then I do. And then I'm OK. But more time than not, like I've got shows that are my favorite shows, like the whole second season of Mr. Robot, uh, the entire season so far of American Gods and of. um Oh shit! What's the other one? Preacher right now. I'm I'm not watching any of them. They're all just sitting there on my DVR. Twin Peaks. I haven't watched any of the new Twin Peaks yet, and that was my favorite series for years. They're all just sitting on the box, waiting for me to get to them because we just haven't had the time to dive into one. And choosing the right one is hard. So more often than not, it's like I'll get a service and I'll watch as much as I want when something's done, when I'm ready to watch it, versus having that live appointment TV viewing. Definitely. Excuse me. Speaking of watching TV at certain times, um, the next story has little to do with that. Um, it's <laughs> beautiful segue. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to preface this with a little bit. Um, working at Target, I I have I've had th this conversation with my friends there numerous times, and that's because I've bought 4K DVDs or 4K Blu-rays, because I have the Xbox the Xbox One S. And so I've bought Lego Batman, I've bought Logan, and they're like, yeah, why hasn't Disney jump, jumped in in the 4K bandwagon? Yeah. You know, why haven't they made, you know, the 4K, you know, you know, release stuff on 4K? Guardians of the Galaxy this year, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, actually filmed with uh, the Red, uh, with Red's Weapon 8K camera. So they filmed in 8K, well, they're going to be the first in, out of the Disney vaults to release their movies in 4K. Um, so you get to see in brilliant color, uh, Michael Rooker go, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Not even really a spoiler, just a funny moment that happens in the movie. Um, and the street date for this is going to be August 22nd, 2017. So not that far away. Right. But I look at this because... You look at the great cinema Disney is rolling out without even throwing their name on it, on the, the movies. You look at the Marvel stuff. You look at the Star Wars stuff. And this isn't being released in 4K. This is still getting Blu-ray releases and, you know, the high-definition uh, release online. And th that being it. When, you know, the technology is out there, it's it's getting cheap enough to where, you know, you, you get the Blu-ray player or you get the, you know, you get the 4k Blu-ray player or you get the gaming console. And now you can, you know, for 30 bucks, which is only five bucks more than the, than the Blu-ray DVD combo pack. And let's be honest, you ain't going to touch that DVD. You might touch the Blu-ray, but I mean, how many people are still going to, are like, Oh, I want the, the Blu-ray player. The Blu-ray one with the DVD disc. Yeah, unless I'm giving it away as a gift, I don't really need it. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I can tell you one person who does, and that's parents, because they can give the kid the DVD. Oh, yeah, they're not going to destroy care. it. <laughs> but then you still got your Blu-ray. Father of a six-year-old, I can attest to that one. The amount of parents also- that have DVD players in them uh, or the portable DVD players that used to yeah. take on planes before you started being oh, able to God. download your Netflix stuff ahead of time. I still have that- a portable DVD player. Yeah, that stuff really came in handy for a long time. The the DVD yeah. stuff, it, just in general, your most computers don't have a Blu-ray player. They have a DVD player uh, or DVD-ROM at best, uh, and that's the ones that have any kind of spinning media. But but I agree. It, what happens is is Gregor before your time, back in my day, <laughs> uh, there there were so so 1988. Well, no, there were format wars. You know, uh, early on, it was Betamax versus VHS and waiting for VHS to, to win out, even though Betamax was, was in many people's quality. opinions, a, a superior version. Um, and then not too long ago, there was Blu-ray and HD DVD. HD DVD. Oh, yeah. And and I have a friend who, who got the uh-huh. HD DVD player and got the Harry Potter movies and went went in on it for a while and then yeah. suddenly lost it. And again, it, it didn't make any sense for Blu-ray to win other than the fact that what Sony did is they're like, yeah, we're going to put it in our gaming system that everybody's going to buy anyways. And so all these other companies who were developing HD DVD <clears throat> lost out to the one company uh, who had something to prove, again, because of the Betamax days. So it's hard to jump in on these technologies because after that was the 3D shit. And 3D televisions bombed the fuck <laughs> yeah. out. Did not, yeah. did not make remember, the impact that they hoped. At yeah, all. I remember selling those things. I remember going and installing them for people, setting it all up and setting up the, the 3D players and then waiting for content to come out and waiting for anybody to give a shit about that content. <laughs> I have a 3D TVD. It came with the glasses. The glasses have been sitting in a box since we got it because the TV just came with 3D. It wasn't like I had a choice. It was just, this is a TV I want. Well, it has 3D. Fuck it anyway. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to see pictures up on the screen to look pretty. And talky voices. Um, so <laughs> I can understand... To the, yeah, but I can understand Disney hesitating on when they were going to get to 4K, but also don't put it past Disney to sell you the same goddamn movie again that you've bought four times over. And yeah. remember, you're talking to a guy who's owned every version of Xanadu that's fucking existed in both <laughs> the audio and the video. Yeah. I've had it all. They will no, sell I you don't... Star Wars in 4K just as much as they were happy to sell you it in DVD and in Blu-ray and in VHS and whatever else. Oh, no, trust me. I knew that. As soon as I saw that article, I'm like, okay, cool. That And it, 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 a lot of this sounds like J- this has been James Gunn's um, doing like as he put put from his Facebook post, um, his begging and pleading for them to I don't even think just to release Guardians Volume Two in 4K, just to release stuff in 4K. Yeah, and and I'm I think if the fight was getting it onto a 4K disc, that seems more of of where a battle would have been. Yeah, because I can't imagine it's going to be hard for Disney to say, "Oh, by the way, all this 4K content that we've got people filming in, we're going to release to streaming." Yeah. Now, again, the streaming thing is how how good your internet connection is, <laughs> yeah, and and how do you get access to that stuff? 
but that's coming. That's that's what everything's working towards. My speed from Comcast is over 200 megabits a second, and that seems slow compared to what a lot of places are getting now because we're seeing one gigabit speeds in a lot of places now because of things like Google Fiber coming out and bringing the precursor for it. I expect this stuff to be in streaming. I'm not surprised it was a hesitation to do it on disk because I don't know how much how many people are buying the 4K players as much as they're buying the 4K TVs because again if it's only $100 more or a couple hundred dollars more to get the 4K version and be ahead of the game I'll I'll buy the 4K TV but then do I also want to go and buy 4K content for it for 5 bucks a pop versus not yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got areas like where I live and you know I honestly when like when I'm here at my fiance's house we get 25 down at home I literally get three down if oh. I'm lucky Ouch. I mean our internet is tin cans connected by like a really bad phone cord or something I mean it's terrible <laughs> Um, so as far as the TVs go, I'm always a generation or two behind. Um, so 4K, 8K, OK, KY, whatever, I'm not going to bother with it because it's not anything I could actually utilize. It sounds like you need the KY. You utilize KY? <laughs> yeah, well, when you're getting fucked by the internet, that's usually what you need. And Evan just asked, is it Comcast based out of Philly? It is, but I... I'm from Philly, but I don't live down there. I live up near Binghamton, New York now. So, Oh, I love Binghamton. Yep, beautiful. Well, Binghamton <laughs> has shit internet, apparently. Yes. <laughs> but, they have, but they have great wrestling fans up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, check I out places that are... I have the parking lot once. <laughs> we can talk about that later if you want. <laughs> you also got to check places that are, like, really condensed, like cities and stuff. It's not easy to rip up the ground and rewire buildings, uh, apartment buildings, to improve the, the structure for what you need for faster internet. Or, you know, if you're trying to go to this promise of eventually we're not going to have wires in the ground, it's all going to be wireless, it's going to be coming from above us, that's going to be hard to do in buildings too because most of the time you can't get a cell phone signal when you're inside a building structure, especially if you're on an inside apartment as opposed to one of the ones that's a window view. So, yeah, there's there's an expectation that we're still a long ways away um, from getting high-speed internet that passes everything like this across. Oh, no, but I also it. don't know that people want to pay. Like, at what point do the pictures just look as good as they're going to get? Because we also know that this was filmed not on 4K. It was filmed on 8K. So that right there is like a dick move. I'm already pissed off that I've got a widescreen TV and I'm watching widescreen movies and I've still got fucking bars at the top and bottom. Yep. It's like, why doesn't my TV match the fucking movie screen? I paid for this experience and I'm still looking at blank space. Yeah. I, I ain't no fucking Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> so so you, you're not, you're not going to write your name? You know. <laughs> But well, I, because I look at <laughs> I look at this honestly as, um, because something I find interesting is the fact that I, you know, like that I will do the that I will so I will go out and buy the the media, you know, I will go out and buy you know the 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 disc, the physical disc, as opposed to getting it, you know, what four weeks earlier, on July eleventh, um, wait, is it really? It's like tomorrow. 
um, you know, getting it tomorrow to get the digital version of it and watch it tomorrow. I really sort of want to do it, but I, I'm not going to, I'm waiting for the 4k. I'm going to wait for the 4k. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Gregor, you know that I've, I've snapped many a time and said, I hate owning DVDs because I'll buy them and I'll own the movie, but I can't get my fucking self off the fucking couch to go put a movie in the DVD player Same. and turn that thing on and flip over to the, no, fuck that. You know, it, it's, it's too inconvenient for me to have the DVDs. I want that instant access. Well, that's, again, why I always pick the things that will include the digital HD copy. Right. So if I'm feeling lazy, then I throw on uh, Google Play Movies or Vudu or whatever the service is that has, um, that has actually, since, since this is a Disney, going to be a Disney movie, I can watch it on virtually anything with the Disney movies anywhere and watch it that way. Or if I want to watch it in the pretty, pretty high def, like super high def, I can get it up real close. It's just, you want to show up. You want to, you want to basically invite friends over and pull your dick out and just rub it across their faces. (laughs) Oh, dude, dude, I did it with, I was going to continue going with it, but like, uh, it sounds weird. I was going to wait for him to check out my baby Groot. But no, I did that. I had that moment by myself with watching the, the Lego Batman movie in 4K. Like, I'm like, because again, only a 40 inch TV, you know, not even a big TV, but with how, because my room is smaller, it had this effect of, I'm like, those look like Lego puppets right there, not computer generated, right. you know, like something that's up converted. It looked. No, like oh my gosh, I could touch, I could grab Batman and just take him, and remove him from the movie. It, I could see a lot of people, especially the people who are fans of the transformation of Chris Pratt, being like, "Oh my god, just like look at him, he looks so beautiful." Or you know, fans of of Dave Batista and his and how he is in here, and just how brilliant it's going to look. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I will do this, and I will nitpick the visual effects on here because they've got to be if they filmed it if they did the visual effects for 8k as well they've got to be flawless for like rocket raccoon like i should be able to pause on him and see each individual little hair not like what it used to be where it was all sort of like clumped together and you'd see like shading and stuff right yeah yeah i i will say that the opening scene of of uh groot dancing <clears throat> to uh, electric light orchestra again a favorite of mine mm-hmm. uh is a pretty amazing scene to watch it was i was glad to see it on the big screen for that and i i would bet that in a 4k that would be beautiful and i probably just and also, replay that a bunch yeah. and also just to mention for our the people who are listening who have 3d tvs that uh this will also be released uh james gun posted on facebook <laughs> in that same post this will also be released in 3d formats and so, no one will give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, you you mentioned uh, uh, Voodoo before. Voodoo's got actually got a good selection of 4K stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I know 4K streaming is kind of. I mean, you got to have a really good connection because it's compressed in the first place. But it's there's they have a a, a lot more than I uh, had realized on there. And uh, I I watch 4K as much as I can. I've got I only own one 4K Blu-ray, but I don't yet have a 4K Blu-ray player. But I, I bought it because it's World it's Warcraft and I, I 
pre-ordered it like months before it came out. And the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray disc version was 50 bucks when it was first available for pre-order. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't care. It's Warcraft. I'm buying it. And then the, thankfully they cut it down to like, I don't know, 30 and it was on sale for like 26 or whatever. So <laughs> I bought it, but it, I, I don't have it on, uh, I mean, I don't have a, a 4K Blu-ray player. So I've, I've only seen, it came with like the voodoo code. And so I have it on Voodoo in 4K, but I don't have the actual player. I, I need. I'm actually been looking at uh, the the Prime Day stuff to see if I could find one, but yeah, yeah. I've looked like because that's that's the other part with like the streaming services. I mean, the Orphan Black it is on Amazon Prime in 4K and all that. Like, there's quite a bit. Um, one of the th- shows that I watched, and it's more of an honorable mention than an actual, you know, else view, is oh, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's uh, it's all about uh, the uh, Le Mans race in uh, France, um, the 24 hour tour de, uh, tour de Le Mans, and it's this it's a crew that they've filmed in 2015 about the race, following six different. Uh, six different uh, car drivers or racing teams and watching that on 4k you're like ooh, it looks so pretty you see these cars you see them hit like one guy one car it hit something and the engine the side where the engine is at that bodywork just flew off i'm like what the fuck did he hit and i'm looking like i'm looking at the track like in like i'm there sort of deal like that's what i love with seeing this stuff um but yeah it's it's like i tell people all the time at work the content is out there if you want suggestions i will tell you otherwise i will bore the crap out of you with by telling you where this stuff is speaking of content that will not bore the crap out of you um pretty pretty things on your screen and, and pretty pretty things on the screen uh, Marvel Television has cast Squirrel Girl and the rest of the New Warriors. Um, so, for those of you who, guys who do not know about this, uh, New Warriors is set to come to the what was once what was once ABC Family is now known as Freeform, and they have cast. It seems like pretty much everyone who will be, you know, the main cast. Um, starting things off with Squirrel Girl herself is uh, Melania Vontrup, who has been on, you know, at midnight numerous times. Actually, I think won the, their Tournament of Champions one year. Melania um, Vontrup, you would instantly recognize as the AT&T girl. Yeah. Um, yep. She has been on This Is Us that first season. Yep. She was on that. I can't remember the show when we we're watching the sixth season. Other space, yeah. She was on the Yahoo series. Uh, she appeared uh, as Gilfoyle's girlfriend in an episode of Silicon Valley in the first season. Mm-hmm. She yeah, is just spectacular. <laughs> yeah, she great. It's a great choice. Um, I'm gonna go, try to go through as quickly as possible. But uh, Derek Thieler, who is no stranger to Freeform, he was on their show Baby Dadly or Baby Daddy plays uh craig hollis aka mr immortal um you know craig can't die or so he says is his powers basically um he's another great lakes avenger who's in here uh jeremy tardy from dear white people and uh, uh 10 days in the valley plays uh Dwayne taylor aka night thrasher which i'm trying to remember which one he played on dear white people 
Um, Kellen Worthy is, uh, and this is where we get to more notable, like people that I've known or seen from other things. Uh, Kellen Worthy plays Speedball, aka Robbie Baldwin. He was on the Disney Channel show um, Austin and Allie. Uh, the one, this guy who, oh, well, actually it works because Two Broke Girls got canceled. He played, um, was it Hong? Han on Two Broke Girls. Uh, Matthew Moy, he's playing Zach Smith, a.k.a. Microbe. And the final one that we have here is Kate Comer from Hello, My Name is Doris. And the comeback is playing uh, Deborah Fields, a.k.a. Debris. Um, so, yeah, this, the, the casting, I don't with, I, I'm not familiar with some of the characters as I should be. But Squirrel Girl, I could see this. Like, I could see if they were going to do a Squirrel Girl movie, I could see um, Melania Vontrup uh, playing her way over Anna Kendrick, in all honesty. I mean, Anna Kendrick is you... fantastic as well. Don't don't get me wrong, but no, I'm, I'm a huge no, I'm Melania not, fan. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Anna Kendrick. But when I think of Squirrel Girl, I don't think Anna Kendrick. You know, you know that's sort of how, where I come at with it. Um, but Corey, what do you think of the of the castings here? The, the casting is fine. Uh, the guy, I I had a subscription to Speedball's original comic when it came out. I think I had a Marvel subscription to something, and then that book got canceled, and so they let me transfer it to something else, and Speedball was just starting. I'm like, yeah, I'll get on the number one with this new thing. Anyway, some guy bouncing around with, with powers and little telekinetic balls and uh his cat had powers too which is really weird uh that was years before new warriors came out new warriors the only two characters that were actually in the original team were night thrasher and speedball this looks like it's gonna be played for comedy it looks a little bit like the freaks and geeks version of superheroes yeah. Maybe in line more with uh, what we saw recently with Powerless, except actually about superpowered characters as opposed to people working in a world with superpowered characters. I'm okay with it, but I I'll have to see what it looks like in effect. And I cannot get over the fact that Matthew Moy is going to be playing one of these people. I'm going to have a really tough time not seeing him as this character from Two Broke Girls. Yeah, no, that's probably going to be one of the bigger things for me. Um, you know, like like uh, Derek Thieler, who played, um, he played the older brother in Baby Daddy, and I watched like the f part of the first season. Um, I mean, it, it, he might he might fall with that too because he played the dumb jock in there, and so it'd be like for Miss. I want to like if especially if they're going to do Mister Immortal not as a dumb jock and stuff like that. But um Sean, Joey, what do you guys think of think of this? I mean, I I know Joey, you're not a uh, you're not really big with like you know like knowing Squirrel Girl and stuff like that. Right. I saw this today on Facebook and I'm super not familiar with it. Yeah. Uh but Sean, what about you? How are you yeah, I mean, I'm vaguely familiar with it. My daughter's a big uh fan of the Great Lakes Avengers and so I'm you know, familiar with the the concept. The, the bigger thing I think is the casting is solid. I mean, the, the couple of actors from it that I know from other places, I've always enjoyed um, their parts. The 
the one thing that um, Corey didn't mention about uh, uh, oh, now I'm blanking on her name, Melania Vitrup. Um, she was also in the very small part in the show Love on Netflix, uh, but she was hysterical in it as oh, yeah. the the main character's ex girlfriend. And um, you know, so it's it, she's a really strong actor, and, and I think you know Corey hit the nail on the head that most people are going to look at that and go, "Hey, that's the AT and T girl." Um, but when you actually see her act and you see her be funny, she is very amusing. So as yeah. long as is played in a way that's not that it doesn't take itself too seriously. I think this will be a fun show. It's from how it's going because uh, Marvel has two, I believe, I believe it's just two shows that are coming to Freeform. Um, this and Cloak, Cloak and, and Dagger. Dagger. Yeah. And Cloak and Dagger is, is set to be more of the serious um, ABC family drama you know, something that could fit in with, uh, you know, in a block next to Pretty Little Liars or Stitchers or I'm going to name other shows that none of you guys know. It, it's like, <laughs> it looks like a a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah, it's with where this set with this one with New Warriors, it's going to be, um, there's more comedy with it. And with you look at, like, I look at the three actors that I can, like I've seen four of them, but I cannot think of where um, Jeremy Tardy. Actually, no, five. Sorry, what character he played on Dear White People. But I look at you know everyone with the exception of um, Kate Comer because I do not remember where I've seen her or if I've seen her. Everyone else has comedic chops, so I could see them, you know. Callum Worthy, as again, as the young guy who's watched Disney Channel, still watches Disney Channel from time to time. Um, I think Callum Worthy is a great casting for Speedball, for you know someone who's going to be more, you know, like a little bit more slapsticky because that was the character he played in Austin and Alley, um, and all that. So, and he's got the right look for Robbie too. I mean, yeah. it, it's. I look at these people and I can easily see them associated with the characters, even Matthew Moy, who I associate with a different part already. But if you put him in the microbe outfit from the comics, I can definitely see his face fitting into microbes face and his personality him being able to pick up on that and do stuff with it. I, I think this is all around spectacular casting. Uh, yeah. The guy playing Mr. Mortal, I don't know anything about him, but I look at him and he's got that straight up kind of like, I should be the leaderish, you know, just the the stock straight guy. Um, yeah. Straight, like the, the comedy duo thing, like one person brings all the funny lines, the other one is, is the one who like deals with the lines and feeds the straight lines to the comic. Uh, he And everything about it seems like it will be fun i just want to know that the premise is going to outlast the the fact that we get tired of things pretty fast especially in comedies when they're super silly um because that's what killed powerless and powerless i thought was a cute show and had a lot of potential but never got to explore it yeah definitely and gregor jeremy tardy played rasheed baker (laughs) on dear white people so doesn't help me no. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I just know you mentioned it twice, so I googled it. So it's 
uh, Dear White People is a is a really good show. Um, you have to go into it realizing this is a comedy. This is a satire. Yeah. Um, where there are political uh, stances in here, it is to ma- it is to open your eyes towards how you know how ridiculous that this they're over uh, over emphasizing the these uh, the the stances and stuff here. Um, but yeah, that is going to do it for the news. And real quick before we go to the next segment. A quick plug for our Patreon. And uh, Dave sent me a message, and I'll read it for you guys. We'd love for you to become a partner with us by going to uh, HTTP or GNCast.com slash support. And then clicking on the Patreon link. Um, when supporting us, uh, we consider you a partner. You're a friend. You're, you, you know, you're, you're like our hosts. You know, our hosts all do this. You're like Growly Bear. And um, I'm blinking on uh, Brian Jensen. Uh, sorry, Brian, for forgetting your name. Um, who have supported, and also I will say you're going to get bonus content. You're going to get. I have brought back the comic book show, the comic book uh, review, uh, previews show that I did for Galactic Radio, and you're going to get that for five dollars a month. You're getting way more value out of that alone for five than five than the five dollars is worth. I mean, because if you buy the comic books I'm recommending, that's forty. That's like thirty bucks right there for maybe two weeks but you with doing this you're going to get you know extra content like my comic book show um you know we've got another show in the works uh and you get you you could send us messages and we will read them on the air right here on the galactic network podcast again you can do this by going to gncasts that's c-a-s-t-s dot com slash support and then click on the patreon link to become a partner thank you and now it is time for the else views. This is the portion of the show where we talk about the things that we've been watching, ingesting in different ways to experience and enjoy. And Sean, I'm going to start with you um, to, because I know I know Joey's also seen this, but tell me about Castlevania. I'm assuming you're not talking about the SNES uh, game that I tried playing and could never beat. Never get past uh, the first level. <laughs> yes, actually, I am. No, um, no, I'm talking about the new Netflix series that is based on the old uh, Super NES game. Uh, it is an anime style, which immediately is a turnoff for me. If you remember back to our conversation about Cowboy Bebop a couple weeks ago, uh, <laughs> but I surprised myself by everybody was talking about it over the weekend. So I said, "Fine, I'm going to invest a little bit of time." not really realizing how little time I needed to invest in this. (laughs) Um, You know, here's the thing. This is not a very good TV show, but it's a good movie. Watch all four episodes because there are only four episodes. They're 25 minutes a piece about watch Mm -hmm. them all together. And it's a lot of fun. You know, it basically tells the story of the video game world. Uh, Dracula is married. His wife convinces him to go explore the world and, and, you know, live in the world of men and see what goes on. And while he's away, the the Catholic Church, who are the big bad guys in this, 
um, <laughs> burn his wife at the stake. And uh, to put it bluntly, as you do, as you do, uh, it just pisses him the hell off. And um, he basically as gives them, as it does, uh, he gives them a year uh, to clear out of this this area. And if they don't, he's going to unleash the the forces of hell. Um, and the the main character, Trevor Belmont, recruits a couple other people. There's a magician he recruits and Dracula's son to help fight the hordes of hell that come back out and, you know, attack this town. So um, it, I made the unfortunate choice at first to watch two episodes and then watch two episodes because I didn't realize there were only four. Uh, but I would definitely say um, it's worth the time to sit down hour and a half. You can blow through the entire four episodes. And I, I think you'd be happy if you did. Um, it didn't have all the weirdness that I usually associate with anime. Um, so I really enjoyed watching something that told a really good story for me that I enjoyed. I always liked the monster hunter, the Van Helsing type stories. So that's what this is. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, despite it being anime. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I also, I'm also not a big anime guy, but I loved the games, man, on NES, super NES. I, I just, like that got me interested just just the title just knowing that it's related to that and there's enough of that in there to kind of tug on the the nostalgia strings right. um without it being just a uh just a movie based on the video game that the story is much more robust than the video game story ever was but it it pays enough homage and follows the basic storyline and things like that to make you reminisce about the game when you watch it. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. And like I said earlier, I, I borrowed, uh, borrowed somebody's uh, Netflix to watch glow. And I plan on watching this too. I just haven't had a chance, but I am kind of bummed that it's only like a two hour binge. It's like four episodes, 30 minutes each or 25 minutes each or whatever. I was hoping that it would be like a full 10 or 12 uh, episode season like most yeah. shows are. I don't know if this means it's just like a trial run or or that's um, it. And it's, you know, it's four and then done or in a couple months they're going to come out with more. I don't know. But I, I was kind of, I was kind of hoping for a lot more than just four. Uh, I, mean, I Well, one of the things is that Warren Ellis is the writer of this. And Warren Ellis is a, a British writer. He's written a lot of comics. He's, he's done some novels and everything. He came mostly from comic books and he did a series in 2009 of G.I. Joe to help G.I. Joe kind of resurface called G.I. Joe Resolute, which was really good. But the episodes were five minutes each. And there were essentially 10 episodes at five minutes and then one episode that was 10 minutes. He also has worked on the Marvel anime things, the Marvel anime of Iron Man, Wolverine, X-Men and Blade. I, I think you're right. I think it is that this was a test, but also that quick... um go through of like getting the whole story at once doesn't give people much opportunity to lose interest in it, which might be a great way to introduce an, and non Japanese anime series about a video <laughs> game from the, the late eighties, early nineties. So it, what's cool is that the, the show's already been renewed. It will be getting a second season. Warren's already, oh, or already writing on it. Um, oh, no, very cool. Yeah. But and it's just, the, uh 
I would expect it to be more of the same, like this quick pace kind of stuff, because I think that's what he's going for in these stories. Well, and also I will add that this is executive produced by Adi Shankar, who, um, for those of you guys who do not know, he did the, um, he's known for his bootleg universe of of unauthorized pop culture satire films like uh, The Punisher, Dirty Laundry, Venom, Truth and Journalism, and Power Slash Rangers. Um, and uh, I mean, just as another thing of why I would really want to watch this, besides the fact that it's written by Warren Ellis, who I I love his comic book his comic book work, especially like his Karnak run um, that he just he wrapped up not too long ago. Um, but this also stars Graham McTavish, who is for those oh, wow. of you guys who are who are watching Preacher, he plays the Saint of Killers, and so and I mean it's this whole thing looks really cool and. I, I got surprised like with this, like with a thing like this, with the um, with Bob and David show that they came out that came on Netflix because I was like, I'm watching through, didn't see like, cause with how the layout is, you don't see all the episodes. You're just like, okay, play. And we're, and it's going through. And then I'm like, Oh, well, we're doing a behind the scenes episode. And this is episode four. That's really wait. Where's, Okay, the episode's over. Why are they recommending other shows? Shouldn't they be recommending? Oh, okay. So, you know, I've been bitten by that too. But I I do like that idea. And it also makes me wonder, did they write write this as a movie? And then they're like, some natural breaks here. So let's just split it up into episodes. Yeah. You know, and... There's a lot more story to be told. I mean, you you watch these four episodes and it's not concluded in any way, shape, or form. So I'm glad that they've already said season two. Um, And and I had a similar moment today. I watched the last second, uh, the last two episodes this morning and all of a sudden it stopped and the Netflix logo is on the the Chromecast uh, on the TV. And it's like, why the hell did it stop? And I go and look, it's like, Oh, well, it's only four episodes. Okay. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, it's enjoyable. And the other thing that I wanted to mention too about it is um, Richard Armitage does the, the voice of Trevor Belmont. Most people I think would probably know him as Thor and Oakenshield from the Hobbit movies. Uh, And he does an excellent job voicing the main character. Um, It it just, it, it was very, riveting you know it was hard to take your eyes off that main character when he was on the screen doing his thing um and i think a large part of that had to do with the voice acting so i definitely plan on watching that this week and and gregor mentioned uh preacher i I haven't seen that either and i've heard a lot of good things about it yeah i am uh uh i don't know how to say this i'm i'm acquiring it as we speak put it that way yeah Um, (laughs) i will okay I but play. I have not. I've heard so many good things about Preacher. I haven't seen any of it yet, yeah. but I will have all of it in like uh, I've three minutes and forty eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the first two episodes of season two. I've seen all of season one, but I will also point out a because Sean pointed this out. Um, Richard Armitage, and this is a reunion for Richard Armitage and Graham McTavish, because where uh, Richard played Thorin Oakenshield. Graham McTavish played uh, Dwalin in Lord of the Rings or in the Hobbit movies. And I was now I'm like, okay, clicking through all the other names, like anyone else here in the Hobbit. So it'd be like, it's a reunion for all these people. Um, but yeah, no, it, it looks, 
honestly, it looks like great film casting, like just people that I hadn't recognized from, um, you know, from here. Like you'd probably recognize, um, uh, what's his name? Tony Amendola there, Sean, as because he was on uh, X, X-Files as the cigarette smoking pontiff in 2000. Mm-hmm. Yep, in Hollywood, episode Hollywood 80. Sorry. Yep. Wikipedia searches here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Like, he's done Seinfeld. Uh, he did The X-Files. He did Angel, Star Trek, uh, Voyager. Tony Amendola is one of those guys that you see him, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> also, I mean, we also have Max Headroom in here. So, I mean... Like we've got Matthew uh, Matthew Frewer in here, which I did not know was in Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. But yeah, so I mean, this honestly looks really good. I'm probably also going to check it out, and I will probably do the binge thing there as well. Um, so Corey, do you have something you want to share with us, or nope, nope? Okay, cool. Um, no problem. We'll go. We'll go to mine. Um, mine, I went to the movies by myself on Thursday, um, and, but I was joined by a whole bunch of other people that I did not know, and we watched Spider-Man Homecoming. Before I talk about the movie, I want to talk about a couple of the trailers that I saw, because um, I saw two that stand out to me right now. Uh, what is it? Lucky Logan looks really good. Did not realize that was Daniel Craig playing the um, prisoner who they get they escape. They help break out of prison. Until they said Daniel Craig, I'm like, what? Okay. Um, and then the other one was the trailer for Jumanji. Yes. Um, I now under truly understand why they did the casting and the outfits this way for the actors. Yeah. Because it's a video game, and they're the they're the characters in, from the real world in the bodies of these actor of these actors in the video game yeah. um and it, it it gets played to hilarious effect jack black is his alter ego in the real world is the um like the, oh my gosh like blonde haired girl and so it, it the, plays the, hilarious the thing that struck me with that trailer is that the i thought when i first saw this trailer today I thought, shit, they're remaking The Breakfast Club. You, know, you had the princess, you had the jock, you had the nerd. They were all going to detention. And I'm like, why the hell are they remaking The Breakfast Club? I thought um, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, But then when they get into the, the Jumanji world, they inhabit the bodies of um, yeah, The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart and uh, Karen Gillan and Jack, Jack Black. And, yeah. And the, the stuff from Kevin Hart, when he's outside the, the game, he's like the six-foot-tall jock, and there's a line <laughs> in there in the trailer about, I'm missing the top two feet of my body. <laughs> you know, And it's just – so the, the comedy is dead on. And when yeah. I first heard they were doing this, I thought, no way. I am not interested at all. Immediately when this trailer was over, I turned to my daughter and said, oh, yeah, we're seeing this. Yeah. So. <laughs> But no, and I, I don't remember what the other trailers were. I think they played Dunkirk again because, good God, the movie theater I have that I go to see the movies from, or 
or go see the movies fucking loves Dunkirk. <laughs> um, because I swear for every movie I have seen, they've played the trailer for Dunkirk. And it's the same trailer. It's not even like other trailers. It's the same trailer. Um, but no. So the movie, um, this is the fifth Spider-Man movie to come out since the year 2000. This is the third Spider-Man to play the role of Peter Parker. And I'm going to say something that is going to back up everything I said when we were talking about casting for is it the sixth? It's the sixth Spider-Man yeah. movie. I don't know if the first one came out before 2000, but... Yeah, because Toby had three, and then Andrew Garfield had two, and then this one. We yeah, all okay, like sorry. to forget that there was a third Toby Maguire movie. Yeah. Sorry, I, I... You know, here's the thing. I had all those in my, in my head, but for some reason, I couldn't do math. Um, <laughs> well, math is hard. Yeah. Um, but, so, this is the sixth Spider-Man movie. Um, sorry, I, I misspoke. And... This is a great Miles Morales Spider-Man story. I'm going to start that right off the front. Um, Because, one, there's no... And for people who are like, oh, we're going to get origin fatigue. Nope, there's no Uncle Ben. There's no radioactive spider. They eat rice in the movie. You know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the photo on Reddit? No. (laughs) I was gonna say maybe that's the uh, the reference to the rice pudding in the uh, the restaurant there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this takes place partially during Civil War for the intro part to it, but and then it takes place afterwards. But I I said this Friday at work. I said this Sunday at church. I said this Monday or today at work again with the guy after he saw the movie. And this is the best Spider-Man movie that has come out. This immediately, like, my list before was Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. Now you could just move all those down one, put up Homecoming at the top. Um, And I think it's because, like, I, I really did love this story that they told. I loved the where I did have some little nitpicky, more, but gets more spoilery um, qualms in the latter half of the movie. It still seemed, you know, really good and a a great way to do a movie that has more than one villain in this from the Spider-Man universe. Um, Sean, what did you think of the movie? Because I know you saw it today. I did, and I enjoyed it. I thought. The biggest plus to this movie was the humor. They nailed the Peter Parker one-liner. One part, he's uh, racing through this suburban town to try and catch the villains. (laughs) And he goes through a backyard where they're playing on a big screen TV, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it's the scene where he's trying to get (laughs) home at the end of the movie. And he just kind of looks at them and goes, great movie, and keeps going. And it's all those little quick quips that were quintessential Peter Parker moments that I thought were fantastic. So the humor in this movie was great. The action scenes were fantastic. I don't think it's replaced Wonder Woman as my favorite movie so far this year. Um, It's it's like a one and a 1A kind of situation, Um, but I would still give the tip of the hat to Wonder Woman because I thought the action sequences in Wonder Woman were 
<clears throat> so much more. Plus the visuals of Wonder Woman were just amazing. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. My kids and I went and saw it today in 3D and, uh, you know, we had a blast. How was the 3D? How was the 3D? Because I have it. Like my theater, I think, has given up on it. Um, yeah, it was okay. The it, there was a lot more things in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that seemed to work with the 3D. Like the second half of the movie, I kind of forgot I was watching it in 3D. Yeah. Um, the fairy scene in 3D was was pretty freaking awesome. But yeah. Um, beyond that, it it really I don't think it added a whole lot to the movie. No, what yeah. a great um, place to be. What a what a great time we're in. That I mean, this year we've got. Wonder Woman, which is amazing and is getting a huge amount of success. We have a Sony Spider-Man movie with Marvel, but still, it's Sony's first like raved about movie in quite a while. Um, we've had Guardians of the Galaxy two, and and everybody seems to universally be looking forward to Thor Ragnarok coming up. Uh, to have all of these great superhero th- movies all being giant successes, all being uh, loved pretty much universally by fans, and no Fox X-Men movie to fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's just terrific. This is this is the year of the superhero for me. Yeah, I, I mean, just from TV and movies, I, the storytelling is just light years away from what it was t- 20 years ago when we were consuming things like this. I mean, I I was joking around with the kids and said, you know, I thought Michael Keaton was a better Batman in this movie than he was in Batman. Um, And it's just so (laughs) much more rich storytelling going on right now that I completely agree. It's a golden age for what us nerds are looking for out of our superhero uh, movies and TV shows. So let me ask you this because I feel like Michael Keaton's vulture is not a villain in here. The way he's played him, he is not really played as a villain until the third act. Um, do do you think? Would you agree with that? I would. Um, yeah, he's he's the villain that's doing bad things, but for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, and then he even has a little bit of a redemption moment at the end um mm-hmm. so i i, I mean I, I would definitely agree with you as far as villains go he's certainly not the most evil villain around but it was a good part and no, the best yeah. villains are the ones that you can relate to or the ones you can cheer for mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the thing is marvel hasn't had a lot of success with their villains other than loki because you haven't been able to relate to them you haven't been able to empathize with them most of them have been very one note. They've been copies of the heroes that they fought. Mm. Uh, so you don't root at all for Yellowjack. You don't root at all for Ironmonger uh, or Whiplash. But when you have a villain that you can identify with and you can find some common ground with, they played it out again. Fuck you, Brian Singer in the X-Men movies. But uh, Magneto started out that way, and that's what Mag made, made Magneto a, a very great villain. Um it, it's been hard for them to nail that. But with Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery, that's kind of where you need to have success because he's got one of the best Rogue Galleries in all of comics. It's him, mm-hmm. it's Batman, it's Flash. So you want to use these things correctly. And I think that what we saw in, if you go back to the Sam Raimi movies, you saw that to a pretty good degree in Green Goblin, even in the Power Ranger outfit that he wore. 
you definitely saw it in Alfred Molina's version of Doc Ock in the second Spider-Man movie, which at least up until now has been my favorite of the Spider-Man movies overall. Um, but I think that they lost it in things like Jamie Foxx with his Electro because they just played the character so silly and over the top, it made it hard to relate to him. Mm-hmm. And it, it cut down the rest of the film in that way. And when they overdevelop and put too many villains in, then you can't relate to any of them because they don't get enough screen time. They don't develop enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't Corey, think I forgot to ask. Uh, sorry, Corey, I forgot to ask. Did you see Spider-Man uh, Homecoming? No. Okay. I was like, wait, he's getting really, like, he's knows what he's talking like he's seen the movie <laughs> uh i learned a lot from my wife about faking it and so oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. i'm just trying to spare your feelings wow. <laughs> every every movie review he's ever done on here he's faked so that's true been faking your uh, review no, this I, whole time <laughs> here's here's the thing I, and i don't think it's spoilery to say this but michael keaton's character gets screwed hard by the government in the beginning of the movie. And his motive for what he's doing is to be able to provide for his family, you know? So yeah, Mm -hmm. I could definitely relate to people like that, you know? So I I think Corey, you hit it right on the head with that. It's a good character because you can relate to him, even though he's the villain, his evil is just not evil. If you if you watch a movie like Falling Down with Michael Douglas, uh, mm-hmm. it, it it's the favorites. idea that we're all this close to going over the edge because we've had just the worst day possible, or or everything's just piled on us for so long. And at what point do we snap? And I I think that that is a very relatable thing uh, that you can play <laughs> with with a villain who is just a villain because they're inherently evil or because they're inherently fucked up. Yeah, you've got the Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker is definitely that and works incredibly effectively at that, but it can't be everything. That's why it doesn't work for a character like Lex Luthor. And Lex Luthor isn't necessarily someone that I'm supposed to relate to, but I am supposed to enjoy the interpretation of. I am supposed to enjoy the -the over-the-top, like, this guy knows way more than everybody else in the room kind of thing, and this guy has so much power, and all he craves is more power, and anybody who it threatens to usurp that power is someone that's in his way and he's going to take him out. I didn't get that from Batman v Superman, but I've certainly would have expected that that's how the character should be played in films and how, even in the ridiculousness of the Gene Hackman versions, how he's been played before. Yeah. So the other thing that I, that I don't really like it's in the credits because it's also why I said this is a great Miles Morales movie. It's they do the like like they, like Marvel's done for a few of the past. I think since Civil War they've done the thanks you know for and they credit the different comic creators. <clears throat> I would have expected to see Dan Slotts or you know some of the others if they were going to do more modern, um you know comic book writers. They th- they gave special thanks, and I'm not taking away from what they're doing, but they gave thanks to Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. Mm-hmm. Do people who do not write Peter Parker, they write, well, write and draw Miles Morales. Uh, one, you're wrong, because <laughs> Bendis does write Peter Parker, or, or was well, writing Spider-Man up until recently, yeah. and almost everything of the Marvel Universe 
has been more based around the Ultimate Universe versions of characters than the mainstream 616 Marvel Universe. And yeah. so even if you go with that, Bendis wrote the Peter Parker version of Spider-Man in the Ultimate Universe, launched the Ultimate Universe, essentially, yeah. from the very beginning. Uh, Sarah Pacelli is a little bit more specific to Miles. Yeah, because that, that, that's where I'm getting at, because it's like I would have expected to see, you know, like if they're going to do from modern stories, like from the modern stuff, you know, with because they, they did pull out some stuff, but it's a lot of it was Miles, like Miles stories. Like um, the the actor who plays Ned is very much like Genki from from the Ultimate Spider-Man book, which is not, again, not a bad thing, just it wasn't exactly what I was expecting um, when you're talking about Peter Parker in a world where, you know, on down the road, we'd, we, you would think we would eventually get Miles Morales and he would have his best friend who loves Legos and would drop a, Dar a Star Wars uh, or would know the exact number of Legos in the Star Wars Death Star set and would have the would say, I'm going to build the framework and then we're going to come over to your house and we'll do the finishing touches and stuff like that. Um, but no, they gave do, they gave a lot of credits. Uh, go ahead. I was just say, and do not leave before the final stinger for this movie. No, I think it's the, no, think it's the, the funniest one they've done so far. Yes, it's so great. <laughs> it's, it's, I will say this. I, so I will say this. It's, yeah, it's completely meta. It is better than Deadpool stings. Yeah, than the Deadpool stings that they did for the Deadpool movie. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, definitely go out and go out and see it in the movie theaters. Um, I'm with how you're talking about it. I, if I could talk friends into going and seeing it again, I'd be like, hey, let's go see it in 3D. You know, pay the extra two dollars, mm -hmm. especially when um, some of the, like some of the things are like it looks like we're getting a little bit, excuse me, lighter weeks when it comes to uh, movies. Uh, coming up here, we got a couple little breaks where I'm like, all right, I can squeeze in a rewatch or finally watch baby driver since they didn't want to watch it and all that but yeah joey do you got anything you want to talk about um that you've seen over the past you know well you can do however long you want since you haven't been on before but... <laughs> <laughs> uh glow i've seen and i i really want i'm still thinking about castlevania I, I really i planned on watching it yesterday and i just i was in pennsylvania for a wrestling show this week and i got home later than i wanted just didn't have time but um the the latest thing that I've the latest new thing I've seen is Glow, which I saw when it came out. I guess last Friday, the week before, or the two yeah. weeks before. I think it was twenty third. So I think it was two weeks ago, two and a half weeks. So whatever. how? Because we've mentioned this before, um, like in the pre show and stuff. <laughs> but I like it's interesting because uh, like I, I I don't know exactly where Corey and Sean are at, but I I would definitely in the wrestling terms I would say I'm a mark. I mean, you know, I've 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 listened to the Edge and Christians podcast. Um, I you know I've been watching wrestling since you know and WWE in specific since I was seven or eight, and all that. Um, actually got in when they had, and I don't know if they do or not, but when they had the local promotion, I was watching that on the the network TV and stuff like that, which eventually then led to. You know, wrestlers. I'm like, I knew them. They used to wrestle mm. in Jackson and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but 
how how it so it's like it's interesting for me watching uh, glow because i'm like i watched it and i i would notice the wrestlers you know like like awesome kong and um alex riley uh uh, Joe, Joy what is it? Joe, Joy, Joy Ryan. Ryan, Joy Ryan, and then um, I didn't even recognize Carlito in there. And Brodus um, Clay, yeah, and I, I knew I noticed Brodus Clay, but I'm like, Carlito's hair was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, in in the sense that it was so awful and bad that it was made. <laughs> yeah, and then um, uh, Kazarian and Daniels and Christopher Daniels yes. in there, right. and all. Oh, they were in like they were they worked each other or they wrestled each other, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they wrestled each other, and then it set up for the Joy Ryan, um, Alex Shelley match, which, <laughs> Alex then, which which then led to the Alex Riley and um, the blonde haired actress uh, wrestling match in the back yeah, of the locker room, right? <laughs> but Joy, how do you, um, what is what is your take from this? Since you are a professional wrestler, I mean that's where I was getting at with this. I thought it was good. It's not a lot of people that I know that are not wrestling fans didn't want to watch it because of that. And I would just say it's not a wrestling show. It's it's a sitcom drama. It's a dramedy that happens to include wrestling in it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot more than just wrestling, and there's not even a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of training. Um, yeah. But there's not even a lot of wrestling. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very... Uh, I don't know. It's just fun. It's just it was a lot of fun to watch. Like it. It and another thing is a lot of people, um, of course, related to the original Glow, which was a wrestling promotion. This is a television show. It's two completely different things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this you know, in current modern day, it may not be because you know Raw and SmackDown are so much more entertainment and, and Hollywood than than they were before everything became sports entertainment, but. You know, it's back then. It was just a wrestling promotion. Now it's uh, now Glow is a television show. It's it's almost like it it pays enough homage to that to the original, where it's still respectful and it's not uh, doesn't make a mockery of it, doesn't make a joke of it. Like it's it's um, man, I don't even know. What, it, it gives away some stuff, which yeah, I mean the internet's giving away everything. So what the hell is the difference now? Yeah, but, I mean. Uh, I mean, honestly, though, WWE has been giving away stuff since they did, started the reality uh, competition show Tough Enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of people that weren't happy about that show. Yeah. Uh, just because of the fact of, of that. Hey, let's let's give away our magician secrets. Yeah. You know, on on uh, on national television. Now everyone knows what what to do or everyone thinks they know what to do. Um. But yeah, but but Glow definitely paid homage to that in in a very respectful way, and it wasn't. Uh, and the fact that they had Awesome Kong there and someone who was an actual wrestler, uh, you know, the guys we mentioned earlier, plus Chavo Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero trained everyone for that show. They once, yeah, the, anyone that wasn't Awesome Kong and and Alex Riley and you know Daniels and Kazarian, um, um he, he trained them. Well, I just remembered another one, uh, Joey or not Joey, uh, John Morrison was yes. there too. Yep, or Johnny Mundo. So Johnny Mundo, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot, forgot about that. <laughs> I did too. I and the, the funny thing is, I've only seen the first five episodes, um, right? Because I've gotten distracted with other things. Yeah, but it's, but yeah, this is cool, and I, I love the Easter egg that they gave because I, I was like, wait, I think Chavo was in here too, um, 
And actually, one of the things that you can't see, but this wall right here is my wrestling wall. Like I've got, you know, the the foam ten dollar titles. <laughs> I've got uh, pictures, uh, two art pictures I've drawn of one. It was like a cutout, like the the poster board cutout thing of Eddie Guerrero. Oh, um, wow. Because when I was in high school, he it was when he passed away. Right. And, and another one I did of Eddie Guerrero with Rey Mysterio. Like, like yeah. like And then I drew in the WrestleMania 23 logo right. from when he won. And then AJ Styles back when he was in TNA. So it's like, no, I I am a mark. I mean, let's not get that wrong. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I love the little Easter egg that they gave with the gym that they've been tra they were training in was Chavo's gym. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all that. But. I didn't know about that until after I had rewatched it. Yeah. Um, and I saw, uh, I spoke to Awesome Kong about that, actually. I didn't know that, yeah. But uh, that's a super, that's like a little interesting thing there. And actually, another kind of little uh, homage that they gave was the first time that Carlito was shown, he was carrying an apple. And he wasn't playing the Carlito character, but he was carrying an apple. It was brilliant. I, I totally missed that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you, you, you've you already seen him, though, right? Where, where you're up to, he's already appeared or no? Yeah. Yeah. I've oh. seen because I saw the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's right when she goes to the house. And yeah. she's like, these are my brothers. They're whoever. And it's my father, the giant, big, scary dude. And, uh, and yeah, Carlito comes out from, like, the side of the house or, or the side of the porch or whatever. And he or no, comes wait, up no, and says hello wait, or something. That was, I think that was the second time because the first time I thought was they – Oh, the first time when they went to the when They went, they to, went the to the gym. Right. Yeah. This is the first time they, that they showed the house. Yeah. And uh, and Carlito came walking from the side like, hey, what's up or something or how are you doing or whatever. And he had yeah. an apple in his hand. I'm like, that's brilliant right there. <laughs> it's perfect, man. It was so funny. Like, it was, it was so subtle where, like – only like really hardcore fans would even that even realize who he was would probably pick up on it. But uh, but yeah, I saw it right away. It was really cool. Yeah, I think that was one of the things I enjoyed most about that is that the show works on so many levels. You mentioned that it's it's wrestling, but it's not about wrestling per se. Right. It just involves wrestling, and I kind of equate it to The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is not about zombies. The Walking Dead is a soap opera about the relationships between people that happen to exist in this world with zombies, you know, <laughs> yep. and it's the same thing with this. This is a, a, a comedy about the relationship between these women, between uh, Mark Maron's character, and it just happens to involve wrestling. And all the, the little, I was a huge wrestling fan in the 80s up until 92 or whatever. So I remember Glow when it first aired and watched it every weekend. Uh, teenage boy, sue me. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, it, it was fun. And I recognized, you know, the analog of, you know, Mount Fiji and Machu Picchu are the same type of character, you know. Right. But then you guys who watched wrestling, you know, or and were involved in wrestling later, too, were picking up on things. Like, I don't know who Carlito is. That was probably after my time or just yeah, in a different Well, do you, do you recognize the name Carlos Colon from Puerto Rico? Now that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, he, he was he was a still well, I, I I think he passed away, I'm not even sure. But he was a legendary promoter in Puerto Rico for many, many de at least probably three, four decades. Uh so Carlito was his son. Yeah. Okay. And and he uh Carlito came in about the same time, like made it his big WWE uh run about the same time John Cena did. Um because his whole thing oh, yeah. was yeah, his his whole thing was um you know with an apple he would just chew it 
And I, I think the reason why I didn't recognize him was because he looks bigger than he did then. Yeah. Um, but he would always chew an apple and he'd be like, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. And then he'd spit the apple at the person yeah. and all that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was more WWF. I Ultimate Warrior, Mr. Oh, yeah, Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah Carl so was, was never a WWF guy, but uh, yeah. but yeah, there was uh, that was the the relation between them, just to kind of see if you knew who that was. Yeah, but but that's the cool thing I think is is wrestling fans of different generations are going <clears> to <throat> pick up on certain things in this show. And people who've never watched wrestling could still get a lot of enjoyment out of it because, as you said, it's not really about wrestling. Wrestling right. just no. happens to be the vehicle. And Mark Maron is brilliant on oh, that. God, yeah. yes. He was <laughs> tremendous on that. My favorite line, oh, I don't want to say it because. Uh, yeah, I go for it. Go for it. You're, you're talking about the conversation with the jazz singers? Uh, no. I'm, wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. Hold on, I don't think I remember that. Uh, when, he, when he finds out that the movie that he's been working so hard for has already been made. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And he's the, I think he put him in the bed or something. He's like, shit, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was yeah. thinking. I was talking about the one at the end where he finds out about the the relationship with him and that girl. Oh yeah. And, uh, and uh, I I said this at dinner. Um, that so that show came out on Friday, the twenty third of June. My fiance and I left. Sunday, the 25th of June for vacation, uh, we we did the first, the first two days of our week vacation in California. So that Sunday, her and I had dinner with Austin Kong and her fiance. We're, we're, uh, Kong and I are very close friends, and the four of us as couples are close friends. So anytime we're in the same area, we always hang out. Uh, I've known Kong for probably 12, 13 years now. And uh, so we hung out that night, and, and we were sitting at the table, and uh, this is going to be a spoiler uh I guess it's been out a few weeks. It. You're good. Yeah, yeah I guess it'll spoil, it. it'll spoil a little bit of the storyline, but it's not it's not uh, something that will deter you from watching. But I w- we were sitting at the dinner table, and I just blurted out, like, you know, if I knew you were my daughter, I wouldn't have tried to fuck you. And <laughs> and and with and and with that, Kong's Kong's fiance stands stands up and goes, "I just said that this morning. That's my favorite <laughs> line of the whole show." And I'm like, "Me too." It's the, that was the funniest thing. Yeah. And and now, another another quick uh, quick spoiler alert, but uh. This is not. This is only a spoiler if you know the guy. But uh, her fiance actually appears twice in the very last episode. Um, they they have. There's a live wrestling show, and they they cut to the crowd a couple times. So uh, a somewhat heavy set uh, white guy sitting in the front row, short blonde hair. That's him. He's a great dude. Cool. No, yeah, because I will say, <laughs> as a again as a wrestling fan, <laughs> from like I've watched TNA. Um, before it became Impact Wrestling, before it went over to yeah, uh, when, it was full, uh, when it was the weekly pay per views for ten bucks. Yeah, uh, er, I started when it was on Fox Sports, and then when oh, they wow. went, were on Spike. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. You know, before the whole broken uh, Matt Hardy broken. You know, I say yeah, as yeah, you're wearing a delete delete shirt. Um, and then I watched the first season ish of Lucha Underground. I, I've only seen a couple of episodes. I don't, I don't get yeah. the network that it's on, yeah. and I just never really looked into searching for it further. It's, it's heavy story. Like yeah. It's, it's very heavy on the story. I know a couple of guys on that show, so I feel like yeah. I should watch it. <laughs> but, I, but I just... But I mentioned this because Awesome Kong was, in was I think, more popular in TNA 
than she was in WWE. Yeah, but, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but both both promotions, I felt like with seeing this, missed out on a great entertainer. Oh yeah, to yeah, tell, yeah. To tell to you know to because I'm like her character in both promotions was big woman. She's going to face these smaller women and just have either squash matches or she's going to, you know, she's eventually, it's going to be these big, long epic matches. And then the, the small little girls eventually going to beat her and right. stuff like that. This I'm like, you guys could have done so many good characters with her. Yeah. So many, you know, just as opposed to her, like, oh, I'm big and bad. Sort of similar for people who are watching now to what they've got with Nia Jax. Yeah. Um, in yep. WWE right now. And I'm like... She was... Her... her um, Sorry to cut you off. Um, no, 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 you're good. Acting kind of runs in, in Awesome Comics Family. Her mother was an actress. So it's something that she wanted to do for a while. And I'm yeah. like super pumped. I mean, you know, she's just straight acting, not wrestling wrestling act oh, yeah that means but uh so i'm super pumped she got to do it just being a friend of hers i think it's really cool but oh, I, yeah. I i absolutely agree with you that that had they seen this before either company hired her they they would have seen that you know she's not just a huge monster killer you know she actually has a lot of depth to her uh her character itself and uh and there's a lot more that could have been done and in, in, like you said in both companies yeah um and i even look at that with you know, some of the other characters, some of the other wrestlers who were in there, um, just in bit parts, you know, like, I love, but by the way, I love the name of the welfare queen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Sean mentioned earlier that, uh, that, uh, Machu Picchu was kind of like an homage to Mount Fiji from the original glow. Um, the original glow. Uh, I, I, I think loosely, um, uh, welfare queen was maybe based on big, big black mama. Yeah. I, I agree. Four million years ago. Maybe just because she was yeah. large and black and female. <laughs> I mean, that's probably that could be <laughs> no, as far as it goes. I don't know, but I just I saw her and I thought of like, wow, man, like they couldn't get away with a name like that today. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think back then that character um, was more of the like she was kind of the mother to the bad girls. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that that's kind of the same thing that the the welfare queen in the Glow Show. <laughs> kind of portrays it, it there's a I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when i reviewed glow that there's a glow documentary also on netflix yes, that is really good from what i haven't seen it i uh, don't think but from what i've heard it's really good it's beautiful and and very touching and and super well done and respectful of these ladies and what they were doing um and there's you watch that documentary and you see the the correlation between the actual uh glow wrestling of the late 80s early 90s and what they're doing on this show um you, you get to pick out a lot more of those points and so i always say if you're going to watch the show watch the documentary when you're done it's really enjoyable and even more so um I, gregor am i okay to take it away from glow and kind of go into the elsewhere segment here or are we yeah yeah okay. go for it well, I just I had a couple questions for Joey that, that don't relate to Glow but do relate to wrestling. Um, you had stated earlier retired wrestler, but then you just said you were doing a show in Pennsylvania somewhere. What are you currently doing in the wrestling world? Uh, well, I'm no more. I'm no longer doing in ring wrestling. I, I'm, I'm injuries couldn't do it anymore. Hmm. So uh, so now I'm doing a GM character. 
in oh, okay. Pennsylvania. And then when I'm not doing that, I do either commentary or there's a couple, there's a, I've, I used to do a couple of wrestling podcasts as well. So I do a lot of uh, booking slash writing for the same company in Pennsylvania that I do the GM thing for. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a team of five guys that run that company. It's called Grand Slam Wrestling. Um, Facebook.com slash Grand Slam Wrestling PA. And I'm part of a team of five that runs that company. So we, um, you know, we get together almost every day. We have a whole long group chat thing going. And uh, so other than the, the on-camera stuff that I do, I do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff as well. Cool. So they they are one of the very few companies that kept me around after I got hurt and, and was told I couldn't do this anymore. Um, a lot of them, a lot of companies that I worked for were like, oh, you can't wrestle anymore? Well, we don't need anything else, so, you know, see you later. Which kind of sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. But uh, they kept me around. NWA kept me around. Uh, a couple other places, Ace Wrestling in New Jersey. So I still get to be involved. I mean, not necessarily the way that I signed up for in the first place. But, you know, the the, the bright side is I got to live my childhood dream for 15 years. Um you know, so I'm still I still get to be involved and still get to, to kind of love what I do in the weekend. So it's it's great to still be a part of it at least. Yeah, cool. And I, I'm looking. Um, you, you guys are right up near where I am. You're in Old Forge, and I saw uh, Nanacoke, and so you yeah. guys are right uh, up around the Scranton area. Yeah, we we actually just opened our own arena in January in Old Forge, so we now have our own building. We're in the same building every month. Excellent. We actually there's um. Uh, what's it called? Excite Wrestling is uh, in Binghamton. They um, mm-hmm. they are another one that kept me around. I just I haven't been able to, to I haven't been able to get there. They run a lot of their shows on Fridays, which is tough for me because I have a day job yeah. now. So and they're a three hour drive, so it's tough to get up there on time. There's very rarely that they do Saturday shows, but that's another company that I have loved working for for the last God since 2011, I think 10 or 11, and they kept me on board when I couldn't wrestle anymore, and just had me doing other things when I can make it there. So, um, super grateful for that. But yeah, you mentioned Binghamton earlier. Uh, Excite Wrestling is probably the best company, not probably, it is the best company in that area. Excellent. And as far as you know, professional wrestling goes, right now, who who do you enjoy watching it, and who probably are like. I'll give you two or three because I'm sure if I ask you for one, that that would be really hard. But like your favorite two or three wrestlers of all time to watch. Oh God, of of all time, I had to say uh, probably Flair, uh, Hogan, Macho Man, uh, Demolition, the tag team. Uh, as for right now, Kevin Owens mm-hmm. is probably my number one guy right now because we <laughs> we have very similar body style, <laughs> as in like <laughs> big belly, no muscle, really. <laughs> So, you know, he he's a guy that broke the mold, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, yeah. Right? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like so so you know, you have you have uh you have you have Batista and you have like Triple H and you know Ryback and guys like this that are that are just one gigantic bicep and then or you know, they're just giant abs with legs. And then Kevin Owens comes in, who looks like he just came from, you know, an all-you-can-eat spaghetti buffet. And, in fact, the funny thing is Kevin Owens' uh, Blu-ray or DVD just came out last week, July 4th. And there's a part where they're showing, like, he takes his kids backstage to meet everybody and blah, blah, blah. And there's guys there, and they show, uh, like, an angled shot from catering. And there's a whole bunch of guys, like, that have, like, water bottles and grilled chicken 
and like vegetables. And then he just has this big bottle of Pepsi that he's just <laughs> downing. And it's the, it's not diet. It's not like caffeine free. It's just regular. It's the funniest thing ever. Yeah. But, uh, but he, he kind of, um, you know, he, he kind of, uh, uh, I guess lets it be known just physically that you don't need to be in the gym 800 hours a day and, and not necessarily, you know, you don't need to have a 12 pack abs or eight pack abs to kind of do this. And I tried to get that point across for years <laughs> because I was basically just, I don't know if I was too lazy to work out or, I mean, I, 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 I did cardio and stuff like that, but I just, I was not a weights guy. Like, you know, I'll, I'll hit a treadmill for 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, when I lived at my parents' house, in fact, they still have a treadmill. Um, you know, I'll hit a treadmill for 20 to 30 minutes or I'll, or I'll take a bike ride for a while or I'll walk a couple miles and then, and then walk back to my house or whatever. But I was never a big like weightlifter guy. Like it just didn't, you know, I, I was, I was happy being slim. Like I used to say this when, when guys would ask me about it, I don't need to be triple H or Batista physically. I'm okay with being, um, Christian. Who had like yeah. a very very slight six pack, but he wasn't jacked or ripped. He didn't look like a big steroid, so I'm okay with just being thinner and not necessarily being a giant bodybuilder guy. I'm okay with that because guys that look like that can do a hell of a lot in the ring too. And yeah. again, I think Kevin Owens uh, personifies that now, and it's great that they put him on top because you know you see these guys that look like Batista and look like Ryback and and look like Triple H, and then. Kevin Owens comes out and you're like, oh god, like that guy's a big fat dude. Like, what the hell is he gonna do? And then he just kills everyone. <laughs> yeah, same with Samoa Joe. Right. Samoa Joe's not the typical, yeah, the typical look either. He's he's, I think I don't want to say fatter because he's not fat, but he's thicker I think than Kevin Owens almost. Yeah, but and, he's still, and I, I in think, proportion. Everything looks fu- like he looks fine. Damn. Yeah, and, and and I think I think Samoa Joe or Samoa Joe wouldn't have came in if it wasn't if they hadn't seen the success that Kevin Owens had done. Absolutely. with NXT. Yep. And all that because he he talked about on on Edge and Christian's podcast um before uh you know Great Balls of Fire that they 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 came up to him you know er, earlier you know cuz he wrestled with John Cena before John Cena was big. Right. And all that. And they said, "Oh, well you you know he worked with WWE's developmental territory out out west in California." And they said Oh, yeah, You're not the right w. body. T- yeah, yeah. He's like, and they go, I, th- I forget who it was. It's, I think it was like pr- probably Jerry Briscoe or something. Said, "You're not the right body style for what we're looking for." Yeah. Well, he, he went on to you know Ring of Honor and TNA and you know all these other you know Japan and yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Just destroyed. Yep. There, it was basically sort of like you know, fuck you, WWE. I'm going to do it myself. And right. then, oh, oh, you want to come back? Okay, cool. Cool, you know. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, now, we'll, now we'll take you. And a very a uh, little interesting uh, trivia note about that quote that you just said. Um, the first time that uh, Awesome Kong showed up in WWE was on Tough Enough season one or two, I think. I think it was one. And Jim yeah. Ross told her, "You're you're too big and fat. You'll never be a, a female wrestler." Literally said, yeah. "You're too fat. You'll never be a female wrestler." And she's like, "I took that as motivation, and I went and killed everyone in Japan. Then I mm-hmm. killed everyone in TNA, and then WWE wanted me." Yeah, you know, yeah. and and like, I mean, she was trained in Japan for Christ's sake. You don't, you know, you don't go to Japan regardless of your shape or conditioning, and then leave and not know anything. I mean, not be a killer. That's what, yeah. you know, that's that's what they teach you. I mean, out there, it's it's so much more respected as a sport. I mean, wrestling is reported in their newspapers just like football and baseball. You know, yeah. it's like 
uh, you know, here, I mean, I only know of one, one newspaper that reports wrestling and it's, it's done as a, as a satire almost. It's not even done with respect. Yeah. yeah. I, to, I will also answer Sean's question since I'm a wrestling fan as well. The, the wrestlers I look towards are the guys, it's like, like Joey said, the guys who aren't the typical bodybuilder type. You know, it's because it's like, you know, like Kevin Owens um, to suck up to him even more because dude is a great heel. I will give you or bad guy for the right. non the non wrestling fans out there. Um, he puts on amazing matches. Like, I think the past three WrestleManias he's been in, they have been ladder matches and he's been the star of the show in there just because it's like you're watching a big guy. You know, yeah. jump off of a ladder, use this ladder as a weapon, and do all these things. And you're like, and then get up before the athletic, you know, yep. the mus- oh, yeah, muscular yeah, yeah. guy, yep, and stuff like that. Uh, the other ones like that I really like are you know wrestlers like Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> who, yeah. you know, tall dude. Like I, I think he's what like six foot something. Yeah, like, one six one. I think something yeah, like that. Six foot. Yeah. but he the way he wrestled in NXT and a little bit in WWE. He wrestles like he's five five. Yeah, like with, with a, a lot of the. He works like a cruiserweight. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, how do you, how, like, the uh, you know, growing up when I was a kid, you know, my a lot of my favorite wrestlers were you know wrestlers like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, and uh, Chris Benoit because they weren't the big massive <sighs> Triple right. H Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, you know, type wrestler. They were this other. You know, they were like, it's almost like. You could do it, yeah. You know, it, you know, even more than Hulk Hogan. You know, say your vitamin or say your prayers, eat your vitamins, yeah, and, and all that. You know, yeah, but that's 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 almost the message that Kevin Owens puts out when he comes out on Raw. Is like, you know what? If I can do this, you know, if this is your dream, but you don't look like Triple H or you don't look like Scott Steiner, there's another one. You know, you yeah. can still do this. I'm doing it. You Scott can still Steiner do it. My neck of the woods. <laughs> there, there used to be a guy named Trevor Murdoch. Um, a while ago on Raw, a couple, not even a couple of years, maybe ten years ago, eleven years ago, and he was, um, he used to tag team with Lance Cade, who's now passed away, um, and uh, Trevor Murdoch would work, would work with no shirt, would wrestle with no shirt on, and he had a big old belly, man. He was not a a thin guy or a bodybuilder guy at all. Yeah, I always, uh, and and back then that was when everyone looked like Scott Steiner. Every, you know, Triple H had nine hundred abs, and and. Even like Edge and Christian had like you know they were real tight and toned and defined and they had abs and everything looked great. Everybody looked like that except for Trevor Murdoch who had this big belly and was like, like you know same thing as Owens. It looked like he just came from a you know Oikini buffet, and, and while everyone else is drinking water eating grilled chicken and he's like ah oh, give me you know seven cheeseburgers and three pounds of bacon, and uh and he would just walk to the ring with this like gut hanging out and and i always professed yeah. back then that that he was so different that because he had a terrible body meant that he had a great body because everyone else looked the same and and that's kind of what like kevin owens reminds me of that a lot except he doesn't he doesn't ever take his shirt off i wish he would because i think it'd be hilarious but um yeah. but you know that's kind of what uh what what trevor murdoch was the same thing he had an awful body like if you can Put him next to every other wrestler on the roster. You would pick him out and say that guy has a horrendous body, but because of that, he has a great. That made him have a great body because yeah. everyone else looked the same. It was very, very cookie cutter, 
And I think that now that there's not as many guys like that now, thankfully, because like you said, we've seen Smojo and Kevin Owens, guys like that, that, that work with that, uh, um, have a little bit of extra padding, to put it nicely. And <laughs> it, it fits well and it sits on them well. And it's not, um, you know, it's not like you're seeing like earthquake with no shirt where everything was just all over the place. But, um, you know, and it, and it, it lets, it's almost like, I, I know that like, a lot of people want like the role models for kids to be the bodybuilder and the, the healthy eater guy. And I'm going to go lift weights and go to the gym, blah, blah, blah. But dude, if I had a kid, you know, if I had a son that wanted to get into wrestling and he looked at me and goes, how the hell did you do it? Like, Oh, look, look at Kevin Owens, man. That means he looks like that and he's doing it. It means you could do it, man. Like, you know what I mean? And it, as backwards as that might may sound like that would be like a role model for, for my kid. Like that yeah. guy looks like that and nothing against his, his physique, like I said, we have a very similar body style here. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that just kind of shows you that, like, anybody can, can if, if you believe in it hard enough and you really want it, anybody can, can do it as long as you're willing to put in the work and the time yeah. and the effort, then, you know, there's nothing stopping you other than yourself. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the way you're kind of describing <laughs> the body style. He's a, so he a little, is a, I, I, I spent the weekend doing uh, charity events with Hacksaw, man. What a hilarious good dude he is. <laughs> yeah, He's he always really seemed like he was uh, was a good guy. So Yeah. Well, or or the other one that we are missing here, Mick Foley. I mean. Wow. Mm. I've, I've been told I look like Mick Foley. And the one, <laughs> the most famous guy that ever told me I look like Mick Foley is Mick Foley. So I, I, yeah. So I kind of put a little bit of stock in that, but uh, yeah, but yeah. Actually, that's, that's that's another one I completely forgot about. So who's so um, who's some of these other like these younger guys that you look up to besides Kevin Owens? Well, let me, um, let me just go back to the Mick Foley thing really quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, there he he gets uh, or he used to get a lot of detractors, um when he was still active because of the hardcore stuff, because even people in the business were like, well, he can't, you know, he can't even do a headlock. That's why he's got to do all this crazy, you know, jumping off the top of the cage or getting thrown off the cage and all thumbtacks and barbed wire and fire and stuff to get noticed because he can't actually wrestle. Like, you know what? As long as people are seeing you, I mean, I, I understand, I, I, I understand that sentiment and I'm a big believer in, in professional wrestling. I'm not a big deathmatch guy. Like, you know what? Guys that want to go through light tubes and, and chew on thumbtacks and do barbed wire, that's cool. You guys, you know, you do that. It's not for me. There was a time where I wanted to do that, and I did a little bit of it, and I was like, wow, that's probably not for me. And, uh, and you know, there, I, I think it has its niche, but it's a very small, specific audience. Um, and I, I think that a lot of people just see Mick Foley as that deathmatch guy because he won King yeah. of the Deathmatch in 95, which is 20-something years ago now, and people still are like, stuck on that and they're like you know but he he didn't really do a lot and blah blah like you know what he he did a lot more than people think like you know i mean physically in the ring and uh i don't know i just that just kind of came to mind when you when you mentioned no, yeah Nicole. i mean a lot of people say oh he hasn't done a lot here he was a tag team champion with the rock he yeah. was a he was a three-time wwf champion i mean you know he's done I, i'm pretty sure he's a triple crown if not a grand slam uh champion yeah. within the WWF. And so, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, he didn't do a lot except win a lots of titles, you know, prove to Vince and, you know, all the other guys backstage that he will work his ass off, if not, or as much, if not more. That's another thing that others. That's another thing that people, uh, 
you know, the non-wrestling fans like to say is that titles don't really mean anything because everything's fake or scripted anyway. And, like, what what the title means is that that company and that owner it has enough faith in you to represent them. Mm-hmm. The guys with the belts are the guys that represent the company. You know, yeah. it's not like uh, I have three champions, but it's these three guys over here that I'm putting on posters and flyers. No, I'm putting my champions out. I'm showing their faces to the world. Those are the guys that are running – are not running, sorry. Those are the guys that are selling the tickets. So – you know, a lot of people think that there's no because it's uh, predetermined. There's really no competition, but there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of competition. There, oh, there's yeah. competition going on in that ring during every match, and it's not necessarily who's going to win or lose that match, but it's who's going to win or lose the crowd, or who's going to win or lose you know their job because they didn't do something right or whatever. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Yeah. So who are some of the, the younger, newer guys that you're looking at that um that that you like that you know catch your eye as 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 a wrestler yourself? I mean who are you know some of these young guys that you're like, Yeah, this guy I could see I could see him doing something or her, you know, being something in the future. I'm a big Nia Jax fan. I think for the same reasons that I'm a big Kevin Owens fan. Yeah. Because she yeah. doesn't look like the stick figure. But same reason I was a Kong fan when, you know, even though, you know, disregard the fact that her and I are friends, when she was on, uh, well, any company, really, mm-hmm. you know, whether TNA, WWE, or, my, you know, my local independent, um, I was always a fan of hers. And Nia Jackson, the same reason, because they don't have that cookie-cutter Barbie doll look. Um, I, you know, I like that look. I like, I like a woman with some meat on her bones. And if I'm going to go in there and, or if I'm going to say I'm going to book a match, a ladies match, I don't want, you know, two stick figures that look like they can't hurt anybody, you know, other than each other. Like I want someone that can go in there and kill people, whether it's a male or a female. Like I want, uh, I want to kill her basically. Like, like I think there has to be a monster in some facet, whether it's a, a male, female midget, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, so. I mean, although I haven't seen midget wrestling in quite a while, but I wish that would come back. But um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I I like I like Nia Jax for that reason because she's not she doesn't she goes against the uh, against the grain so to speak. Um, uh, I'm a big revival guy. I like the revival. Yeah. Uh, Death and Dawson. I like them a lot. Um, although I, I like I said, I don't I haven't watched other than the pay per views. I haven't really watched in a while the weekly TV. They're... I catch I catch NXT like once in a while, but I don't even get to see it every week. Um, but I, I'm I do like Revival. Yeah, I mean, I've like I know they just did something. Um, uh, uh Corey, Corey, you gotta drop out. We'll see you see you later. Thank you for being on, Corey. Thank you, sir. Uh, Corey, donastcomics dot com. It's where you can find all the stuff he's doing. Um, normally he's here for the whole show, but he has to drop out. So hey, go enjoy your food there, Corey. Um, but no, yeah. So to to Dash and Dawson, um, God, I feel like I could talk for this forever because it's been so long since I've had somebody <laughs> to talk wrestling with. They, they apparently did something on Raw tonight. I, I yeah, didn't see. Yeah. It. I don't know what it was, but I know they both tweeted so, like "Long Live the Revival," and I don't. A bunch of people retweeted it. I don't know what happened. I didn't see it. Um. So from what? Because it happened just gonna, as I was, I'm, just well, as I'm, I was getting ready. I'm going to assume, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I'm going to assume just knowing how the business works and how booking and writing works that they did something with the Hardys. Yes. The, um, the Hardys wrapped, uh, I think wrapped up their feud with, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Right. And which Sheamus is another one of the wrestlers that I, I like, 
but it's again it's more because he doesn't look like the t- this typical wrestler like he has the build but you wouldn't think pale white Irishman. i know I, like I, he's been there for so long he's not yet seen sun i mean <laughs> jesus he's like like he, i like i always i picture him as one of the guys that hides at the hotel until like an hour before yeah. the show starts when it's already dark out and he's like right now i can come out and also, he worked in IT. Like, apparently, he did Oh, my that. God. That was on. He talked about that on a ride along. I just watched it like a half yeah. hour before we started. I was. <laughs> I said the same thing to my fiance. I'm like, he worked in IT? Yeah. He's like, I, I just wanted to throw some of these computers out the window. I couldn't deal with it anymore. I'm like, what? This guy worked in IT? Really? Yeah. But they, they finished the match with, you know, their feud with uh, the Hardys. And the revival came out, which um, I think it was. Uh, uh, Scott Dawson, who's the one that doesn't shave his head? That's Dawson, uh, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he just got uh, cleared to wrestle after having his jaw. He was broken. yeah, God, yeah, yeah. And uh, a hearing about his diet that he had to take, like you know, j- be, so he was he wouldn't lose uh, muscle mass, right? From from that, like you know, just what pizza, milkshakes, and you know, basically everything milkshakes, so just he can keep. Yeah. Keep the <laughs> on, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. It's it's, it's DVR. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but just like I said, just knowing how the business works, I would assume. I know oh, that yeah. those guys are getting. Uh, I know that those guys were getting a put. We're supposed to get a push before that happened, and I, yeah. I just happened to see on Twitter both of them tweeting, and I know that the Hardys are at the top right now, and they're they're still kind of riding the wave from their return. Uh, so I just assumed they have to be doing something with the Hardys. What you know, nothing nothing yeah. else makes sense. No, yeah, I mean. The only other thing I could see would be if the Hardys had won the Iron Man match yesterday. Right. And oh, like, it was a new challenger for the titles. I was hoping that the, well, I don't know, I still am, I guess, that the uh, the blood thing was the broken thing. Like, they finally, TNA finally said, you know what, just use it, whatever. Yeah. You know, because, I, I mean, although now I think it's not going to happen, now that Jeff Jarrett, like, fully took over and him and Vince McMahon are not friends at all i don't think he's gonna say oh hey, vince you can use this let the hardies you know so i'm like man it would have been because matt was making the was making the facial expressions last night and using you know the words and he, he i know he still does the delete thing and and he always says delightful and he he like he uses the same the same words a lot and he and he emphasizes yeah. them a lot so the crowd notices and he knows that's he, another he another guy that I, that I met a while ago. Actually, met him in Binghamton at Excite Wrestling, and he's a really, really good dude. And he's yeah. not—he's a smart guy. Like people think that like Matt is the—I uh, hate to say this because I'm friends with this guy too, but Matt's the Marty Janetti of the team. I hate that because Marty's such a good dude, man. I oh, love yeah. him. But uh, but Matt is as like business wise, maybe even smarter than Jeff is. And Jeff's a, another super smart guy. Yeah, uh, so he knows what he's doing. You know, when, I mean, when he when he says like delightful, really loud, like he knows that he's saying it in capitals. You know what I mean? And, uh, and he knows the crowd's going to pick up on it and know that that's a reference to the broken thing, even if they're not allowed to do it. He'll still well, drop mean, those words every once in a while. You, you come, you're at they're at WrestleMania. They come back. Everyone there is chanting delete, delete. I, delete. I know. I love it. I'm like, <laughs> I heard that. I'm like. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, I thought, I thought that did they win the thing? Like, eventually, <laughs> it, oh, oh, I, I, there's so much of me that wants the whole one of two things to happen: either WWE finally buys Global Force Wrestling, which is <laughs> Global Force, 
and all that. Right, because, right. Because, I mean, you look at it, they're slowly... Just, opening... use, the, just use the broken gimmick, that's it. No, well, no, no. I mean, you got the film. Well, no, from... I was making a joke. They, I, yeah. I, I'm saying they buy the whole thing and just use that and fire everything, get rid of everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of wrestlers in there who I could see doing good matches. They've had great wrestlers oh, yeah. come from there to here, like TJ Perkins... Um, you know, has been do has been doing killer matches, and I want to see him do more with Two Hundred Five Live. Um, I'd honestly like love to see a new champion besides Neville, but that's. You know I'd I mean? I'd like to see uh money uh, beer money back together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm such a big fan of them, and and when James Storm came over to NXT for however many shows, a couple weeks or like whatever, three? and then yeah, yeah, and then he, the, the story was that they they couldn't agree on on money, so he yeah. went back to TV. man. I got to I got to assume that even if you can't agree on money that I got to assume WWE's going to pay more than TNA. Yeah. But I, I, I mean I, at the same I, time I I know what like I know what the NXT trainee guys get and it's not much but yeah. it's an opportunity. So I can't imagine that they offered him the same thing. But then when Bobby Roode showed up, I was like, "Man, maybe they're going to kind of call James Storm back, but I guess not, man. I I'm still kind of hoping for that. I like yeah. I would I would love to see Beer Money in the Revival. Oh yeah, that oh dude, yeah, that uh, that's one match that I'd like I'd like to see. Um, so you haven't seen Great Balls of Fire? Oh no, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, you I, did? I watched it. Yeah, I watched it last yeah. night. What What did you think of the the ambulance match? Like, what what do you what do you, what are your opinions on those like those gimmicky matches? I, I I like some of them. I mean, I'm not a big ambulance match guy. Yeah. Because I I want everything to look real. I want like I want everything to be not necessarily look real, but I want everything to be to be believable. Yeah. Like, you know, if I'm gonna knock a guy out to the point where I like he, I have to put him in the ambulance to win, then I'm not gonna knock him out because I don't want to have to drag him all the way down the aisle. But you know, <laughs> it just seems like it just seems silly. Like yeah. it's wrestling. Why can't I just pin the guy? Why don't you put him in a stupid car and drive him away? You yeah. know, and 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 who who says like. <laughs> who determines how far out of the arena is enough to like where do you put the finish line you know yeah. like like all right i put him i i i put gregor in the ambulance right here do i drive 10 inches or i mean do i drive 10 feet or do i drive 20 feet and then i win what if you get out what if you get out while i'm driving and i don't notice and i just keep driving then what yeah. happens i'm four <laughs> hours down the road and i'm like holy crap he's not in the car anymore what now what do i have to come all the way back to the arena and then continue the match or do you yeah. automatically win by count out i don't understand <laughs> like I mean, I'm obviously being completely facetious, but there's too many, like, in some of those gimmick matches, like, too many wacky variables to, like, make it seem believable. Yeah. Like, like I, I did a, uh, I did a kendo stick match against Justin Incredible when, when, uh, I think it was 2005 in, mm -hmm. uh, Whitehaven, Pennsylvania. It was September 10th, 2005. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just a weapon, you know? That's a lot. I mean, it's still a gimmick match, but it's something that's believable. You yeah. know, and, and, and the deal was like the first person that got uh first person that got the candlestick it was a candlestick on a pole, so the first person that got a hold of it was able to use it. Um I think that was the rule, which still makes no sense because we both used it and no one got disqualified. It wasn't like Yeah. You know what I mean? Um But it was cool. Um but like stuff like that that's believable and makes sense, I like. I'm not into like 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 the the ambulance thing is just eh. like the casket match is like eh. it's yeah. it's you know I guess it's cool for what it is but for me like I'm I'm not into the uh, 
the Hollywood ish gimmick matches. Like I like yeah. I don't I don't mind a gimmick match like two out of three falls or a ladder match or, or tables match or TLC or whatever. Like because that's really just using weapons which guys use anyway. Mm-hmm. But like I, I just think it's weird to have to like grab your opponent and throw him into an amb- like, throw him into the back of a car or an you know an ambulance or a hearse or whatever and then have to drive away with him. Like I, I like you know it, if we're gonna present this as real, okay. We don't like each other. I don't want to take a car ride with you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I just want to leave you there and I'll take off and I'll see you later. But like, yeah, I, I just I don't know. It's just some of the stuff just seems too, uh, too corny. Almost is like a word I hate to use, but sometimes it just no, seems... it, it works. It works because I mean, and like you look at the last dumpster match that WWE had. Oh God, yeah, those two, and it's like. It's sort of like both of these. There's a common, sim, there's a similarity here, and it's Braun Strowman, and it's like it, I, it, it doesn't seem like the ambulance match seemed more believable because it seemed like you know this is the finality of the feud between Braun Strowman and uh, Roman Reigns, right? But it's like you have this dumpster match where he's facing Kalisto, you know this five four you know, cruiserweight who's not <laughs> yeah. on the cruiserweight show. And like, I've, I've always had a problem with Braun Strowman because it doesn't seem like he sells right. Like he, he just, his he gimmick is that, yeah, he's, he his gimmick is he's the big guy who does. Yeah. Right. Right. Even when he's getting punched by Roman Reigns, you know, I could yeah. see him not selling with a cruiserweight or a smaller guy, but when you got a guy who is your size, Right. You know, and they're punching you. It, you shouldn't be shaking it off like you're the the fucking juggernaut from the X Men. <laughs> yeah. You should you should be reacting and then delivering more, not just. I can see Braun Strowman coming out with that big brown helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, he, there's a, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of no selling in those cruiserweight matches too. Just everything's yeah. bip, 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 and you know, really really fast movement and stuff, and just not a lot of time to like sell a move and for the crowd to kind of take it in like a lot of i know that i know that wb teaches them like you gotta slow down a little bit and sell oh, yeah, yeah. but there's a lot of that on the independence too where just just like you said there's like guy will get hit and just shake it off even if he's a small guy and like man it doesn't look believable man like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh stuff that can be worked on there not that i'm you know i was never uh, an expert myself but you know i was never the next rick flair but i mean it's easy to point out some stuff that can be worked on it and i think I don't. That's like, like I said when when you were talking about Braun Strowman. Like, does he sell at all? I don't. I, I, I don't, don't think. I don't think he. <laughs> I don't think he does. I mean, he he walked out of the crushed ambulance with his bloody head not selling, just walking yeah. out like like oh dude. Like I mean, he was selling like you know to the, the point. Like, he was selling the fact that he was having trouble walking, but he yeah, didn't sell the blood was, on his face. He didn't sell like his arm was all bloody. Nothing. He just like kind of hobbled away and said, oh, "I'll take care of it," and took off. Like, yeah, I it think, was, it was. I think that that was a double turn. I think that was Reigns heel and Strowman babyface. Because Reigns yeah. tried to kill somebody, literally yeah. trying to kill somebody, and Braun Strowman, you know, the big, the big hero, like the 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 normal babyface story would be like the big hero. You know, the the bad guy tries to kill you. You get mm-hmm. out. You you know you whatever happens to you, you make your your big your phoenix rising, so to speak, out of yeah. the ashes, and you walk out in your own power. That's a babyface. You know, like that's a baby face, and the guy that tried to kill you is the heel. Now, when um, the, just to, just to kind of 
bring up something along the same lines that a lot of people disagreed with me about and still disagree with me, and I'm okay with that. But back when uh, back when Edge and Kane were having their feud 200 yeah. years ago, whatever it was, and uh, <laughs> and and my whole contention was Edge was supposed to be the babyface, Kane was the heel. Mm-hmm. Kane beat up Edge as his opponent. Paul Bearer was Kane's father. Edge kidnapped the father, strapped him to a wheelchair, threw him off off a cliff, uh, a crane somewhere backstage once. Another time he locked him in a meat freezer. That's the baby face. (laughs) Yeah. And my, my, my argument was that's the heel. He's the heel. Kane didn't do any of that. Like Kane literally would just wrestle him in matches. That's it. Like they were booked, but like, yeah. wasn't that the sort of like the at the tail end of the attitude era though? Uh no, this was uh this was like in the mid two thousands, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, I think. Yeah. Um like ten years after the attitude era. But I mean but still, I mean that's uh, a heel to me. Like, you know, if you come to Jersey and you kidnap my dad and lock him to meat freezer, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. It seems like common sense. But he would get cheers for it. And I'm like, well, he's a heel and everyone cheering for him. They're all heels. Yeah, but people are like, "Oh no, he's the babyface." Kane's no, he's not. <laughs> you know, sorry, but in my world, a kidnapper is not a babyface. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're crazy. It doesn't make any sense." Of course, it make to me it makes perfect sense. Like, I, you know, it's like. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, if last night was not a double turn, then I don't know what is. Yeah, no, because it, it makes sense. Because I mean, <laughs> it seems like WWE has been needing to turn. Because it's either if it's not a double turn, then it's uh, Roman Reigns has reached ha, has reached that John Cena point of it's a you love him or hate him whatever thing. Yeah, because of the fact that you know, like that's sort of what it was before. I mean, you know, uh, even with the whole you know him wrestling Undertaker at WrestleMania, where right. it was, you know that was I, I look at that as that was Taker passing the torch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind yeah. I, I kind of thought that as well because he put you know he 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 won and and I kind of got the same. The same, uh, uh, you know, I took the same thing away from it. If I think if last night wasn't a double turn, uh, it would be cool if it was at least a turn for Reigns and maybe him and Strowman shake on it. Like, oh my God, like you've totally gained my respect after what happened. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. I know you want to kill me, but here's a handshake or whatever. But I mean, I definitely see, uh, I see what you mean about the pass the torch thing. I, I saw oh, that. Yeah. Like, but then even when I look at that, and I don't know how, how you would feel about, about this sort of pisses me off that this wasn't Undertaker's first loss. This was his second. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan, but I, I I get the fact that I get the point that supposedly him and Taker are, are friends in real life and, and you know yeah. it was you know it was Taker's decision to, to give him the win and blah blah blah. But at the same time like when Lesnar came back shortly before that and there was the whole like it was him and him. He had the feud with Cena first. Uh, yeah. I mean, sorry, rivalry. You can't say feuds on the WWE's banned word list now, so you can't say that it's rivalry. I don't know how they come up with that list of words, but um, so when he first came back, the whole gimmick was he's going to legitimize WWE and make it real again or whatever. And like that's just going on TV saying everything's bullshit, but I'm real. Like yeah. it, it's almost saying like it's all fake. <laughs> so you should watch my stuff instead. Which at the time he just came from UFC, so everyone's like, "Well, I'm gonna go watch that instead." But 
I, I just I, I I don't know. I I dug I dug the streak finishing. Like I liked it a lot. Like I knew yeah. um if they were gonna do it, I always assumed it would have been somebody larger than life, like other than Undertaker himself. Um I mean other than uh, uh Brock, I was thinking Cena would probably do it. Just yeah. because he is like the guy, like he's you know he's the champion like all the time. Now he's not right now, I know, but he's always like the guy, and he's he's the guy that's you know the face that runs the place, like they say now. So I always thought it would it would be him if there was ever going to be a streak. Uh, I mean, a, a loss at WrestleMania, but I don't know. I I thought it was cool, but at the same time, I didn't think it was cool. Like it was, uh, I don't know. It's so hard to explain. Like I I dug it and yeah. I liked it and and. I loved I loved that finish and I loved that for the first time in however long the crowd was legitimately speechless and shocked. Yeah. One, you know, one thing I don't like about it is uh they showed that black dude with the glasses with the with his mouth wide open. Yeah, that guy gets booked now. I don't understand that. <laughs> he gets booked to do appearances at conventions for what? Because he was surprised <laughs> at a finish. Come on, dude. That guy gets booked. Give me a break. Well. The- <laughs> I, I, I I am uh, just one quick thing. I'm friends yeah. with somebody who, and I can't even remember who it is right now, but somebody uh, I'm friends with was booked at a convention that that guy was booked on. And I go, all right, be straight with me. What did he do? He goes, honestly, he just stood there and talked to people. Literally didn't do anything else. Didn't sign, like, doesn't, didn't, doesn't sign anything because people, did, people didn't know his name. They didn't sign autographs or anything like that. He just stood there and talked to people. Like, so he gets booked that I could do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like really? <laughs> no, that's that's so weird and so dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because by that point, there should also be a uh, the little girl from when the Miz beat John Cena, who just sat there. Oh my God, the Miz girl, she was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's funny. But no, I think honestly, this is great, and I want to continue talking, but it's I, late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is late. So I think we're gonna wrap up the show. Uh, we we could we could talk more in post show. Um, but first off, like I said before, you know, patreon.com or patreon.com slash collecting netcast is where you can come uh, join us, be a partner. The other way, um, that the other option at gncasts.com slash support is our Amazon affiliate link. You go there, you buy anything you buy, you know, prime days right now, prime right day. Right yep. now. I'm prime day right now, you know, all that stuff. You could take money from Jeff Bezos and give it to us. Give us, <laughs> give us Jeff Bezos's money. By going there and clicking the affiliate link, um, you can send us mail um, to for feedback. You know, mail at elsners or you can call eight zero five three two eight three nine six six. All of our subscription links can be found over at gncast.com slash subscribe. That includes the Facebook, the Twitter, the Inst- uh, I don't think we have an Instagram, um, but all the places that we are at. Um, you could follow Beatmaster at Beatmaster eighty. Evan is at Mister underscore Fusion. I'm at that Gregor, Corey, don'taskcomics.com. Sean can be found at S. Burns, PA. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yep. And Joey, where can people find you? Um, the uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram is all just at Joey Image. Facebook.com slash real Joey Image and uh, pro wrestling tease.com slash Joey Image. That's probably the most important one because I get a cut of the shirts, obviously, and I have a wedding to save for, so I need, I need the help, please. <laughs> and I'll, I'll have a, I'm gonna hopefully start a Patreon soon within the next couple of months, so stay, stay tuned. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, check out all those things. I'm actually going to the pro wrestling uh, com. Oh, wow. Well, they got a lot of different, different people in there. Um, well, the mo- yeah, the most important one is prosentees.com slash Joey Image. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're definitely. all 20 bucks. <laughs> I have nine designs. And if you're, if you're a nerd or a geek, there's some in there for you. I got a Pokemon Go shirt. Um, I have a GTA shirt. I have a Sopranos. Uh, um, Jesus, what else? Uh, Goodfellas shirt. They're all there. Or yeah. Goodfellas style, I should say. Like, they're all my shirts, but they're based on those designs. I don't want to yeah, say stolen, definitely. but they're <laughs> <laughs> borrowed. Yeah. Um, but the final, yes. the final thing to be said before we end this epic pod, this epic podcast is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you next week. Or else. For more on this Galactic Network podcast, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.